Welcome to the podcast, Cutting for Sign. I'm Ron Cecil, the men's life coach and writer, together with my co-host, best friend and artist, Daniel Penner-Klein. Throughout our lives and as friends over the past decade, we've asked, how do we find the clues and puzzle pieces that align us with our higher potential? Join us as we converse with experts, artists, adventurers, mental health professionals, and fellow deep thinkers as we cut for sign and attune our own potential, mental health, and creativity. like the sky everybody welcome to cutting for sign episode 100 (laughs) hey daniel you have a friend yeah yeah Yeah, it's not you singing (laughs) that wasn't singing that was gleefully announcing (laughs) (laughs) nice yeah this is parker Welcome. Parker, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Parker, I think you've been um, behind the behind the scenes telling us how much you've been enjoying this podcast. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I love. Thank it a you. Lot. In all the um, what do you call it? In all of the listener interactions that I've had, you know, conversations, texts, whatever. My yep. conversation with Parker at a party one night. <laughs> Which maybe you were on one a little bit. I don't know. I do know she was on one. I was on mm-hmm. one. It, it was the best. Like, I wish that I secretly recorded it and we could just play it as the drive. Oh, man. That'd be good. <laughs> Parker, well, does this, does this podcast hold up not, you know, when you're not on drugs or drinking? Is it still oh, yeah, good? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, my, my, feedback, my feedback comes when I'm drinking. Yeah. Uh, but I enjoy it daily <laughs> oh that's nice so this this episode we've we talked about um on our previous episode that we we're gonna have some some listeners on as guests and uh parker's our first one thanks for joining us yeah first our first guest on the draw ever that's right this is well, well, let's draw this baby because we've got other guests knocking on the door are they both mm-hmm. here one of them is cool mm-hmm. yeah so the concept was, you know, the, the name of the podcast is Cutting for Sign, which as we have said many times, and I think is worth saying again, um, a phrase meaning to look for the footprint or the clue of the thing in your life that you're tracking. Literally, it means to, to look for the thing that you're hunting for, the animal or person. But for us, it's a metaphor on the kind of life that we want to live, the quality of life, the kind of person that we want to be. And I think this has given me personally an insanely good path for exploring the better part of me and finding the way to do that. And one of the things that has surprised me in this process is, is creating relationships with folks that I wouldn't have had otherwise had access to right before this, I was uh, talking to our second to last guest, Johnny Boyd. Really nice talk. Really nice talk. Yeah, talk on the phone. Talk on the phone. I picked up the phone. Didn't give him a, a war like a warm up text. Nothing. You just called him. I just raw dog dialed him and called him. Oh, just really? like straight raw dog. <laughs> and, he, <laughs> and he's like, he goes, he goes, he goes, Ron. I go, yeah. I said, uh, I just decided to call you. And he goes, I was so glad you did. 
<laughs> I love how my heroes are becoming your friends. <laughs> They're not my heroes, so it's easy to be friends with them. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I'm so glad that I can enrich your life so much. <laughs> we're going to hang out really soon. Right after this, we're just yeah, going to no, like go. I'm so happy for you. Great. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's all. That's all. So this uh, this is an episode we released today. Johnny Boyd. Johnny Boyd. Not to go into it too much, but he's someone that meant a lot to me. And then I was like, wait a minute, I have a cool podcast. I'll ask him if he wants to be on a on this. And then we had a great talk. But he had a he had a, a crush on Ron like Aww. instantly. No, <laughs> not a crush. Well, a friend crush. You know, friend crush. Yeah. 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 What do you call man, man, man crush, man crush. Man crush. <laughs> I mean, I, I kind of man crush everybody who comes on. I mean, I'm not, I, I like people. I just like people. So I don't, I'm enjoy, I enjoy it. I enjoy having a conversation. Agree, well, man. <laughs> I think that, uh, so I was talking with Parker before and we were talking a little bit about what we could do more, do a little better in the draw and it's like setting, setting for the listener, the expectation of what this is about. And so today, and I know that's kind of what you're doing. So just to riff off of that today, we're, we invited a couple of some of like listeners and friends of the show to, instead of just listening to come on and be a guest, that was your idea. It was a really good idea. And, um, Parker was one of them and a couple other people who are, who are going to be chatting with us today. And then what we're just, we're just going to talk about what cutting for sign means to them, both yeah. metaphor and also the actual podcast and the, and the guests. And also when they're tracking a human being across an open land. <laughs> and also that. Nice. Well said. That's good. I can't wait for that that success story to come in. <laughs> not, not to uh, ask you these questions before we're in the actual thing, but what is your expectation and interest in, yeah. In this episode specifically? Yeah, in your experience. Mm -hmm. um, I'm expecting to hear a lot of feedback and just what they have, what people have gained from this podcast, because I know that I've gained a lot. Um, in my experience listening to the podcast, I have been exposed to people that I would not have usually had exposure to. And like I was talking to you before, um, the way that I build my life and I build myself I kind of just take my favorite parts from every person that I that I interact with. Um, and I think that is a lot of what cutting for sign means. And I think we're just gonna hear a lot of great banter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there's gonna be some some top shelf banter today for sure. It was fun to write the uh, and let me know when both of them are here and we'll start. So they're both here. Let's fucking do it. Let's do it. Well, welcome, guys. Episode 100 of Cutting for Sign. Daniel, did you think we would yeah. make it to 100? Did you actually think when we first started in the first 12 episodes that we would make it to 100? Well, I appreciate you saying 12 episodes. So for mm -hmm. y'all, uh, so we got Parker, David, and Mike here, uh, three listeners and friends of the show. Um, our first agreement with Ron and I was 12 episodes. I was like, do you want to do a podcast? And he was like, no. And I was like, you sure? And he goes, okay. No, I said, I think I said no at least three more times. <laughs> and then, That's uh, why there's three guests. Then, That's why we did this. And I was like, I was like, well, let's do an agreement. So we have, so it's not just like one and then, ah, that was okay. Let's, let's bail. It's like make an agreement. And we decided 12. 
And then we did 12 pretty quickly and it went really well. And our next number I don't remember. was 100. Yeah, it was 100. We did we go straight to 100. Went God, straight to thank 100. fucking God we're wow. done with this. That's awesome. Hey, Ron, what was your apprehension? Yeah. Why did you why did you say no three times? He didn't. He said yes instantly. I know. I said through. I remember we were down right on the street outside this window, and I was like, nope, nope, nope. Um, I said, hey, uh, Ron, do you want it? And he was like, absolutely. The, the, the apprehension was I have had a podcast before. I loved it. I love doing the podcast and I loved it so much that I didn't want to break my own heart again by starting another one and then not mm. do it, like not sticking with it. Ron had a podcast with his wife called Sexy Tuxedo Jesus. Oh my God, I need to look that up. Yeah, it might be, <laughs> might be one of the best podcast names ever. And, and it almost made them divorce and he was like, I don't want to do that again. <laughs> Which had nothing to do with the podcast as much as it did about two people who felt like they were both producer and writers, directors at the same time, uh, trying to do all those things together. Mm. And, you know, two, two people driving the same car is not great. I think you and I, Daniel, have a good um, division of labor in this. I think we have a great division of labor in this, actually. Which is, yeah, you do I most do. of the work and I just show up. And every... <laughs> Every, every once in a while, Ron has to pull a couple of hours that are hard. I, man, I, I get so whiny and bitchy about it. <laughs> I got blown up last night because I was like, hey, Ron, this, we had a musician on, and I really admire them, Johnny Boyd, our, uh, episode 98. And, uh, and I was like, how about we take one of their songs and we use it as some transition music? And he was like, okay, let's do it. And then it was really, really hard. It wasn't easy to edit. And so Ron had to pull like a three-hour stint last night of really... Well, um, not only did was it hard to get it in there and edit it, but then my computer crashed. My hard drive filled up. It was like, my hard drive was like, I'm done. We're not doing this anymore. And then I was like scrambling, trying yeah. to back it up into another hard drive. And then I had to start the whole edit process over. What, what's up? Ron, all you got to do is show up and provide the beautiful podcast voice. Oh, my voice God. <laughs> You're dead. Yeah. I've been trying to find some other gigs to, to use this voice for. Like, I don't know. I'm just I waiting for the universe to, to give me something. Yeah. What's up, David? Yeah. I love it. it. If I can say something, you know, it's really interesting to hear that perspective. And thanks for sharing, Ron, because I feel like at a lot of the times I'm on the fringes of some sort of creative endeavor that Daniel's trying to be productive on. And it just seems like from my perspective on the outside, that things kind of lined up pretty easily, but it's good to hear that there were some, you know, some struggle, some hesitancy, because uh, I mean, all creative endeavors have a lot of that or a little bit of that. So I really appreciate well, Dave, hearing that. Um, and, and Ron did not say no. I don't know where he's coming. I did three <laughs> times. <laughs> yeah. Now it's going to be legend. It's going to be missed. This is a yeah. Ron, Ron. <laughs> Ron, you remember what you want to remember, Daniel. <laughs> yeah, right back at you. Um, uh, what did you say, Mike? So, hey, Ron. Well, I was going to say, I get mixed up the, the three times with another story. It could either be the Bible or Beetlejuice. Yeah. Sure, but... <laughs> it's Easter weekend. Three days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you, thank you. Ron's getting very confused. Uh, Ron, can I introduce yeah, you? Yeah, please do. All right, here we go. So uh, we're going to do Ron's first introduction. Um, Ron Cecil, you were born in New Mexico, 
where you fell in love with rock climbing, the divine, and smoking cigarettes in secret. You have degrees in biblical literature and psychology. And though destined to be a cowboy or preacher, you instead ran large companies both domestically and abroad until 2015, when you started guiding men toward mental, physical, and emotional health. Ron, your parents were married 13 times, creating in you a devotion to understanding what might make a healthy marriage. You've been partnered since 2009 and father to a daughter and adopted son. In 2020, you completed your dream of speed climbing Yosemite's Half Dome. Later that year, you co-founded the podcast Cutting for Sign and doubled down on your passion for writing via a modern Western called Midland set in the high desert where you grew up. Ron Ron, you believe in authenticity. In almost pulling that heist, you've been scheming, but instead writing it into your book. In caring for our sometimes skittish nervous systems. In long cold showers along warm beaches. In friendship. In bucking shame. In, learn, uh, in leaning on the world, the universe, God, so it can lean back. And in relaxing into the surprising discomfort of living your future now. All right, Ron. Finally, welcome to Cutting for Side. Thank you, Daniel. It means a lot. It's beautiful. I would say about half of that's at least right. At least half of that's right. <laughs> Which parts are wrong? Well, just like Which the part of not remembering uh, th that I said no three times. Um, <laughs> no, it's thank you. I, you know, that's the first time you read that. And and uh, I get why people who come on our show feel kind of humbled hearing you write about them. That's a skill you've got, Daniel. That's, that's I think, a great gift for folks to hear, to you know, hear themselves through a different facet. When I was writing these is, and, and seeing people's response, you know, it's like it happens a few times and you're like, that's cool. It's probably just flattery. But then you like see the way it moves people over 100 episodes and you're like, oh, you know, I'm I'm not really a astrology like based person, but as much as anyone is, I know my astrological thing and I'm a Leo. And one of the things Leo's like to do is like shine light on other hmm. people. And that is definitely part of my personality. Hmm. And I bring myself to tears on most of the intros that I write. Yeah. When I write them. Wow. When I write them. Yeah. So. That, that's awesome. If I can say, you know, um, you know, we have a mutual friend who often talks about whether it's a stoic exercise or not, but writing your own mm -hmm. obituary oh. and writing the things that maybe you want people to feel about you and maybe accomplish those goals. So it's a pretty interesting exercise. And I felt like Daniel, when you wrote, uh, you know, you know, Ron's introduction, my introduction, that it was a bit of reflection of, uh, you know, um, considering that you've maybe accomplished some goals and there's so much work to do. Yeah. So uh, it's it's really an awesome opportunity to hear this intro or, a, uh, you know, an intro read about you. So I just, that's great. So okay. that was kind of my well, thought about should it. should we intro you then? Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> is it yeah. Sure, let's do it. Yeah, why not? So yeah, David yeah, is yeah. the first person to be on this uh, three times on, on the podcast. And... Uh, um, so he's heard this intro once, once you were a friend and you weren't introduced one, you were fully introduced and this one, since it's already out there once I made it a little shorter. So here we go, buddy. You ready? I'm ready. <clears throat> All right, David Robles, 
You are a program supervisor at the largest therapeutic residential nonprofit in Oregon, where you provide support to youth in need. More impressively, you are the first person in the world to be a guest three times on Cutting the Side. You and I have traveled distant lands together and have bled together through um, both the creation of our story, of stories, of story, and the living of our own. And you have stood by me during the most difficult moments of my life, uh, which is true. Uh, embodying your values of safety, consistency, emotional awareness, and abiding presence. David, you value articulation, heightened cognitive and physical performance, solution-based thinking, nuanced and effective trauma therapy, the light, the dark, the shadows between, and that the cat. <laughs> <laughs> is but isn't necessarily always both in and not in the what david box oh <laughs> uh, yeah thank you sorry i was taking it all in yeah um thank you for that that's awesome was that the end of it oh no i have five well it never paragraphs. finishes because the cat <laughs> is, all, is in and out of the box yeah the work is yeah. always meant to be done so no thank you for that that's awesome and i'm gonna let that wash over me and and uh i'm excited to hear about these uh i haven't heard these intros although i've been hanging with daniel for like an hour now um I am excited to learn about you guys. I've never met you, and we're all fans of the. Of well, the what was intriguing to you about that intro for him um, or for Ron? Just, I didn't know you guys were friends like that. I didn't oh, know you guys dude. were. I didn't know you guys hmm. had such a deep history, and the the depth in which you talked about him in his intro is yeah. intriguing to me. Yeah, I no, love to learn about people like that. D David. Fuck, man, like David, you, dude, you know, Ron gets to know me in a little bit different way, you know, because of our intimacy garnered through this podcast and through our communication and, you know, and I was thinking about the other day, I was like, wow, these are my two best friends. <clears throat> By that, that, that tips, that, that is a little bit disrespectful of other friends who, who know me in different ways than you two do. You know, but if you had to play mm -hmm. the third grade game and be like best friends, these are my two best mates. I mean, <laughs> David and I have known each other for 20 years now. And man, Nas in some really rough spots psychologically, emotionally. And he just happened to be there, you know, he just pop up or come by and he's got his own life. And, and that's always been part of his story and story with me is his personal mythology is very internal, you know, and he, he, one of his, if I can speak for you, you know, his, one of his, one of the ways that the world is offering for him to grow is to, is to get the internal world that's so personal and private to be shared mm -hmm. publicly and opened mm -hmm. up publicly, you know, and that's a trick. You know? Well, if I can say, I really appreciate that, Daniel, like, and I've said this to you before many times, but you've always been a safe connection and a catalyst for me. And, you know, likewise, I think we've, uh, in, in many ways over the many years that we've known each other have reflected each other in life, uh, maybe being in similar situations or a place of understanding or development. And so uh, 
I feel safe with you. I can tell you things I can't tell anybody. And that's the fucking truth. So I thank you so much for this opportunity and just your connection. And, and you've always been the best of friend to me, despite my uh, lack of uh, uh, c- uh, awareness or connection at times. So I well, you also, you've always not to go on too that. long about it, but like you really stepped up this year. I know New Year's was a thing for you and you were like, I want to be a better friend mm-hmm. and more active. And you know, it's April, you know, usually New Year's resolutions, how long do New Year's resolutions last? <laughs> two weeks? I think that's the statistic. Yeah. That's the statistic. Well, I don't want to take up too much time, at least right now, but um, I have to say that like the podcast um, and talking with you and Ron was really catalyzing for me and just thinking about relationships. That's what it was all about. So I just want to throw it back to you and, and Ron, obviously, you and I have spent some time together with Daniel and and maybe just a little bit outside of like our connection with Daniel and uh I just appreciate what what the platform that you have created as well. It, you know, we want those safe places to be able to talk and and, and discuss. So I just I thank you. you want you want someone who really said no three times? <laughs> I, I tried to get David on this podcast many times, and he's just like cagey and patient, <laughs> knows and knows. knows. And then, and, but it was really cool because I that's expectable. I know that about him. Um, but then I, you know, and he knows that I'll, I'll borderline badger, you know, I'm persistent. Dude, you fucking did, man. To the point where last time we Thank talked you. about it, David's like, dude, you ever want someone on the podcast just to help out? I'm in. I was like, okay. okay yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's open up. I'm ready. <laughs> right? let's do this. So, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I just realized, uh, with Mike Lepis here that Daniel, you don't actually hold the, the record of my oldest friend in Portland because I just realized as we, as we were sitting here that before I actually moved to Portland, Morgan took me to uh, out to dinner and she's like, Hey, we're going to go to my friend, uh, uh, Shona, uh, uh, Shona's house. And, and I think you guys were engaged, Mike. Yeah. 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 We were, and, we were, and, I remember that. Yeah. You guys came over to our, we lived over on uh, Jordan. Yeah. And I, uh, I don't think I'd even like fully moved to Portland yet. So you were the first dude I met, met here other than her dad. Yeah. You still had your house in, was it Kentucky? Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah I, <laughs> think, I think right. you, you were talking through the sale of that and you were like, yeah, we're anyway. Yeah. 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 It was great. Yeah. It was all fun. this time, all this time. Morgan was telling me the other day, she's like, how come you get to be friends with Mike and I don't get to hang out Shona so much? I'm like, just put the fucking work in lady. Like yeah. call her up. <laughs> <laughs> well, Ron, I have to, I, I don't know what it is. Either my wife picks good friends, but um, I've adopted the husbands of a couple of my wife's friends and see them a lot more. Like actually one guy, we, we shared season tickets to the Timbers. So I'd see him like, you know, 20 no times way. a year. Like we were like talked all the time and we were like, she's like, I never see my friend. How do you... So I, I think it's just, um, um, I don't know. I guess maybe, you know, she's got good taste in, in friends <laughs> and just spills That's over hilarious. her spouses. Yeah. 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 Before we get too excited with you and I, Mike, I'm going to read your, your intro, man. And I don't think Ron has read this yet. And sometimes my writing is like a little nuanced to the way I read it. So good luck, Ron. All right. This is the White Water Rabbit of introductions. We'll see what's going to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mike Lepis, your professional life has been helping large companies connect with their employees. You are an entrepreneur and married to an entrepreneur. You consider yourself a work in progress and have recently been processing and recovering from challenging life events via embracing therapy, self-reflection, and movement. You have two children 
And to help with your parenting challenges, you lead a group for dads of neurodivergent kids. Mike, you believe in creating space to support others and process togetherness and collaboration and co-creation, insight-driven strategy and actionable plans, both personally and professionally. If I was ever in a bar fight, I would call on you to back me up, Mike. So glad you made it. Thanks. Mike, appreciate it. Mike, are you, uh, are you uh, particularly like you can be uncorked in a bar and, and do some damage? What's the deal I, there? Yeah, I don't, I'm not sure where that comes from, Ron. I mean, I definitely got your back, but um, I think you've got berserker just, energy if it came down I, to I, it. Like if, like, like if the, the, the needle like hit the deal, look out. He's going to clear a path. Oh yeah, <laughs> that is like in the, in the person who's going to get your back in a bar fight. The I've never been in a fight, but if the feeling. Sorry, I have been in a fight, but like <laughs> the person who hasn't been in a fight, but you know that they would fucking go crazy, it <laughs> is heavily the decision. That's you. Yeah. That's me. I'm here to stand up for everybody who needs it, man. How would you do I'm, in a fight? I would do so well. I do roller derby, dude. What would it like, look like? She's probably tougher than all of us put together. Are you monkey? Are you leopard? Are you? Sure. I go low. I take, I, take their, <laughs> I take their balance from them and. I, mm, <laughs> I noticed we all have beverages, so let's give each other a little little cheers. Yes, cheers. Here's the hundredth yeah. episode. Salute. Sparkling Thank water, you. whatever you got. Well, speaking of that, then uh uh Parker, Danae, can I do yes, yours? Can we do yours? All right, let's do it. <clears throat> all right. You got to be part of the draw, so you had to go last. <laughs> Sorry. All right. And is that how you say your name, Danae? Danae. All right, yes. Parker Danae. You are on a journey of growth that is currently both at its beginnings and has been happening for many years. The journey is one of learning uh, to love and care for yourself, including giving your younger self what she didn't have growing up. And at the same time, fostering your growth, your overall growth into a strong and stable woman that little girl can rely on. You also play roller derby, work hard and play harder. And that I can attest to personally and thoroughly. <laughs> Many occasions, actually. Uh, you are one of the most lively and unexpectedly raucous and at the same time intentional and perfectly genuine people I've known. You value speaking what you believe, questioning those beliefs, and in yeses to adventure, whether it be of the body, the mind, or the heart. Wow, my little heart. Thank you. Welcome. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to Cutting for Sign. Welcome to Cutting for Sign, everybody. Thank you. So I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, get into oh, a little bit of interview mode, kind of, and and start the question off. You know, well, the premise of this episode was for us to explore what the phrase "cutting for sign" now means to us, and and I know that each of you has taken the time to listen. <laughs> a bunch of episodes taking the time and on, on top of that unsolicitedly is that a can i say that unsolicitedly has unsolicitedly given us feedback that's been really good and and constructive not just like oh that was a great episode but actual constructive feedback and that's something that i value uh highly because i i don't want people to bullshit me because i bullshit myself enough and need and need honest people around me um so I'll start with Mike. Mike, since you've been listening to this, you know, I'm sure you've listened to at least three episodes <laughs> yeah. out of a hundred. <laughs> yeah, have have you noticed? That. Have you noticed that it's given you what's what's what have you what do you what's your big, big takeaway so far? I 
well, I think you guys are doing a great job. First of all, congratulations on a hundred episodes. Like that's a Thanks, that's man. a big deal. And I and I think um even hearing you guys talk about it, like the creative process and, and I, I think seeing other creatives be transparent about what they're going through. And it's not just your guests, but it's you guys as well. And so I think the conversation and the transparency is something that is is really um it really engaging, you know, to be like this like level of authenticity, like there's that that you just you just don't see in a lot of other podcasts. I, I listen to a lot of podcasts and you know they're all highly produced. And I think you guys aren't produced here because that is the one thing, you know, bad audience <laughs> sets people running for the hills there. Oh, there's a all those a left-handed compliment yeah. <laughs> Excellent. No, i really appreciate that um, yeah so i i think you know like that's that's and then you know the vulnerability part you know like the guests come on you know everyone's pretty vulnerable as well and i think um you know i think you know i've always been an entrepreneur and always been uh, how can i say not but i've been an entrepreneur like more in the corporate space so like what I've done and what I offer when I serve, it's like I'm still like in that in in that world that that I came from because I feel like I can, I can navigate that pretty well. Um, but but hearing from like a, di a diverse group of people and their how can I say their um, not even struggles, but just like their um, how they thrive, I think is probably the way to see it. to see alternate ways of living and working and engaging in the world and thriving like that's just like you guys are always like a really good example of having diverse people with cool experiences that are genuine um and so it's it's you know for somebody who's always looking because for somebody who grew up like in a more in a traditional like i didn't know a single business owner entrepreneur non-traditional kind of like profession growing i grew up on the east coast and um and so that's just always like i'm that's something that always resonates with me as something that that um that validates like oh yeah you don't have and, and you know i'm almost 50 now so but i still you still need that validation of like of like seeing these other examples and it's inspiring you know it's inspiring and it's also um um how can i say um reassuring you know it's not just the inspiring part of like oh that's great but it's like oh yeah like I've been doing this a long time too. And like, I've, I've, you know, I've been walking this path for a while and there's been, you know, I haven't followed the prescribed path of like, you do this before you do that. And I kind of threw that away a long time ago anyway, but yeah, I mean, Ron, just listening to you, you know, even, you know, your experiences, you know, transitioning out of your, your childhood or your, your upbringing. And we all bring that with us. I would have to say your example is pretty intense and same thing with you, Daniel, you know, as well, like when you guys share, like, sharing where you came from and how you ended up here like it's it's um you know it's not uh it's not a common common path you know to to, to get here so it's always yeah i enjoy that part there so like i i say that it, that part's a big that all that resonates with me how's it feel to be a guest is it a weird experience uh yeah you can say so yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know. I like you guys so much. Like, I, I don't have a problem talking, you know, here. So I, I think like once I get going, it's not. Um, and also going into this, like not knowing what this experience was going to be, you know, like today, like I was like, I had probably had a couple of emails already started to you guys like, what the fuck is this all about? Like, what are we doing? Like, what do you want? Am I going to be the only one? Am I, like literally like Daniel, like, like you were texting me to get ready for this. And I like, I, I probably deleted like three of those, three of those texts. And I'm like, screw it. I'm just going to wing it. Like I totally trust you guys. Like we, 
I could show up. It could have been, been 90 minutes about me I, I, or could have been 12 people here. So I was, I was game. Well, I can honestly say that if, if either, if any of you were on, on your own, we would still have a lovely conversation. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. At the same time, the car, the, the, uh, reticence you had to be on here was deaf. Those texts were sent to Ron. Cause all I got was, a couple of days with no response and i was like is this guy coming what's going on and then you exploded with this really nice email about your past and like all right i had something i was like hey, okay he's in but i was like it might be just me and parker and and, and David. yeah I, I, i'm not uh, i'm not very timely in my responses it's, I, I, I appreciate mike i'm glad you're here man thank you thank you well and i appreciate comment about the diversity. I don't know if that's something, uh, Parker, that you've like noticed or David that you've really noticed, <clears throat> but I know Parker and David are people who uh, understand the value of diversity specifically. And uh, every three weeks or so, for some reason, I find myself like late at night scrolling through the cutting for sign guests and being like, what? I just scroll down and I go, white guy, white guy, white woman, old guy, brown guy, woman, older woman. And I just like picking out the diversity. I'm just, my brain is just curious how we're doing, you know? And I feel like we do a really good job diversity wise in those big clunky, like demographic clunky white guy ways of being diverse. Yeah. You know, the big, <laughs> the big ones, you know, Which, I don't know how much those matter. But we still just have a lot of white guys on. It's true, you know. But I think we do pretty fucking good, man, with the diversity here, with sexuality, with gender, and with uh, where we're all from. And then also whether or not we're like, you know, those more subtle way, not not subtle, but the slightly less intense, uh, clunky ways of being diverse. Like, do you experience mental illness on a daily basis? It's like. Yes. Matters more sometimes whether or not you're male or female or transgender. You know what I mean. So I appreciate the comment about diversity. Yeah, what's up, Dave? If if I can say real quick, you know, um, speaking to well, if we think about the you know the the podcast uh, you know realm, if you will, and we have some big you know we have some po pro, um, excuse me, we have podcasts that we probably all kind of like. You know, we have Tim Ferriss, Huberman. Yeah, various other ones, Joe Rogan potentially. So I just throw those out there because they're big, big uh, uh, podcasts. But I think the the platform that you and Ron have created has has essentially been like, you know, what's what's what has made made you feel vulnerable? What has been a traumatic moment potentially in your life? And what's the post traumatic growth afterwards? And despite color, sexual orientation, gender, we can we've all mm. experienced that. And so that's I feel is the foundation. Um, because um, it's universal, if I can say, and we all feel it in different ways. There's a spectrum of those types of traumatic experiences and moments of growth. And the platform is, let's talk about it if you feel safe. Let's share. And how did you grow from that? And and I think that's the connecting thread for me, Oof, if I can say. Man, glad I got that recorded. Thanks, man. <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of like you. Sometimes you go back and listen to the, what people say, and you go, "Oh yeah, that's what we're about." Like they, <laughs> it's not just about me talking about the shit I came out of. <laughs> no, for sure, for sure. No, I feel. Like, well, you know, it doesn't happen. At, oh, excuse me. Yeah, go I ahead. I feel like I resonate with the both of you in different ways. Ron came from a rough background, as well as I have, and Daniel has this curious nature that I really resonate with. 
I am constantly asking the same questions as he is. Hmm. And we have incredibly deep conversations um, in our personal lives. And I think that, I think that having, having a podcast that asks those serious questions, those deep emotional threads that are connected to other people, people that I wouldn't be introduced to in any other facet other than this podcast. Um, I feel like it's really connecting and it builds a better person from that. But Parker, what I, what, what I don't understand about that is that you could get that in 50 other podcasts. But a way more- Take popular. the compliment, Daniel. No, I yeah. take it, but also I <laughs> heard that in the draw, or sorry, before the draw, we were just bullshitting, and I was like, yeah, but why us, you know? Because it's more personable. I feel a connection to, I feel a connection to this podcast. Maybe it's because I know you. Well, obviously, but, but that, that would only go so far. It seems right. like there is something more. Absolutely. I think that there's, um, there's things that you ask and Dan or um and Ron I forget the, his name all <laughs> um I think that just the depth that you guys go into um how personal your stories are and real they're they're raw and I think that that's really important to show in a in a platform like this I wonder why that like mm. what, were you gonna say something yeah like, I, I was just possible? yeah I was gonna say like uh, the other unique thing about the podcast is it's two men talking about things that are going on in their lives. And like, I can't really think of any other podcast where you see that, where the two hosts are talking about the issues that you, you both talk about. And it's, it's not, how can I say, it's not just about one person. Like you guys are both equally curious and you push each other and there's, 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 you know, interesting dynamic between the two, but it's also, it, 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 it's also the energy of having two people together, you know, they're like, you know, it, it's, it's very different than, you know, hosting guests, you know, it's, 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 um, how can I say, um, I don't know, it, it kind of amplifies the, all the good parts, you know, of it before, um, you know, before you even add the guests, you know, into it as well. So I think that's, that's something, and then, you know, guys each have your own personality and your own and kind of guests, you know, it's funny, you listen enough, and I don't know how much you 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 all have explored this, but you know the whole idea of the, the podcast phenomenon is is when you listen to somebody talk about their life so much, like you almost you feel like you know them. Like I know you, Ron, but, but like other people, like national podcasts, like if you listen to somebody for like a year, you're like, oh, I could totally hang out with you, or I could totally not hang out with you. And even I hear podcast pod, podcast hosts say it, like, oh, these people know who we are because it's like you literally you know, after a few hundred hours of this, like you have no other choice but to be yourself, you know, on, on yeah. here. So, um, yeah, I think it's really um, interesting. Thanks, man. What were you going to say, Parker? Um, that's what us Zoomers call parasocial relationships. Parasocial? <laughs> what does that well, mean? Yeah, never... first time I've ever heard that. Really? Yeah. Um, it's basically just like the relationship that you uh, create with, Content creators, huh. Huh. you feel this deep connection to these people. Yeah, you feel this deep connection to these people, but you don't know them. Wow, wow. Okay, I'm glad. Thanks for teaching me that. That's interesting. Yeah, that's super interesting. I've got some more questions for you guys, but before we do that, I'm gonna um, 
Because I didn't write an intro for Daniel, I'm going to read an old one and try to see if I can like skittily bop my way through this. And and uh, <laughs> because Daniel, you mean a lot to me, man. And uh, Daniel Pinter Klein, you were born in Southern Mexico and raised in Northern California by your adoptive parents. You were a collegiate athlete who was probably borderline addicted to running, if not full-blown addicted. You studied in Australia and Alaska and earned a degree in journalism, later which you earned some high marks, including some awards. You are now our painter and co-host with me of Cutting for Sign, where we explore the emotional, physical, and cognitive potential expressed through human lives. Daniel, you spend most of your days painting in the wind down, partner dance, and plays play blues piano. You are currently based in Northern California, chronicling emotional landscapes through your work. Daniel, you're also the first guy that I went to when I was losing my shit with my own addiction to alcohol. Thanks for letting me cry on your floor and um, listen to me a lot all these years. Yeah, can I ask a question of you? I'll make something up. Thank you. Yeah. One of the things that I always end intros with is uh, a few things that the person believes in or values or both. Just ask if you could make, you know, if you could, you could speak to that, you know, for me, I would be curious what you come up with. Yeah. Um, You, well, first of all, you believe in living life to the fullest and you have a Fred Astaire quality to the way that you show up to, to life. I've seen you, I've seen you like appear out of nowhere, clicking your heels. I don't even think you caught, I don't, I don't even think you knew you were clicking your heels. But it's like you spring out of like the the side stage, you know, like into the middle of the the thing, like off the floor, swinging off of a of a lamppost, and and you make the world your stage. Uh, I know that you believe in movement as medicine, and and that goes for dance and also just taking care of your body. But I also know that you believe in and vulnerability as medicine and. I think the last thing I would say you believe in is story. You believe in the power of story and our own story and chronicling our own mm-hmm. story and, and learning the story of others. Mm-hmm. And in the intro to me, you talked about um, my value of leaning on God and God leaning back. And that's something I stole from you. And you talked about leaning on the universe and the universe leaning back. And I, and I referenced that weekly. Weekly, I talk about it weekly to somebody whether it's a client or myself or sometimes even my kids. And I, and I, and I believe that now because you believe that. And we have had these, even though our lives are very different, you know, I'm a living this interesting dad life in Portland. You're down in Chico having this, you know, your career as a painter is taking off. And, and yet we have these very parallel experiences of self-discovery and moving out of parts of ourselves that we had felt stuck in and, and, and to use your words, living in our future, um, where we wake up and instead of feeling stuck in, the, in ways that we were felt stuck in before going, holy shit, this feels good. This feels different. And this, this must be um, what the future looks like. And in the words of the movie Hook, you're doing it, Peter. <laughs> I love that movie. Yeah. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or, do, or the future doesn't feel good. It feels un, unfamiliar and unknown yeah. and that we think that that's 
I don't know if, if David and Mike and, and Parker, if you feel this, but there's big, I've, I've become, and I know Ron has too, very aware of how when we're doing something new that is good for us and we're stepping into our future, we're living the actions, thoughts, and, and actually emotions sometimes, if you're really in it, of your future, of what you've been working for. It actually feels scary and uncomfortable yeah. and unfamiliar. You guys, do you guys ever feel that? Yeah, absolutely. Like when you're gr- like, like your career's growing or your relationships are growing or you're like, whatever. Yeah, go ahead, Parker. I'm feeling, I'm feeling that hard right really? now. There's so many changes going on in my life. I've changed my name. Uh, my name is not originally Parker. Um, you tell us the story around that. Yeah. Um, I I have grown a lot in my life and I'm creating some separation from what is the younger me and the life that I had lived before and creating this strong woman that I can rely on. Um, I'm making big moves in my work. I, uh, I've just got promoted. Congrats. I'm now Thank you. I'm now entering a new uh, relationship that feels really good. Um, I'm breaking habits and solidifying new ones that feel great in my life. And I'm about to take vacation. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds well deserved. Well earned. Good for you. Well, and can I speak to that vacation a little bit? We were talking before we started the draw today. And I knew knew she was... uh, Mm. taking a vacation because tonight she's packing and tomorrow she's leaving them. So it was like, how much time do you have to do this? Um, but she came in today and I was like, yeah, what's your vacation about? And she goes, I'm going to a cat, a tree house in the woods by myself that doesn't have electricity for a week on the coast in Crescent city. Sounds awesome. And, and I was like, Whoa, why are you doing that? And she's mm-hmm. like, I want to, what was the thing you said about habits? Um, I want to rid myself of things, habits, routines that are not serving me anymore mm. and solidify the things that are serving me. Really understand what I need to keep in my life and what I need to rid from myself. Um, and I think this is a really good opportunity to um, solidify mm-hmm. some some good habits in my life i would think that a week is a very short amount of time to do that so you probably already know some of those things that you need to do that way yeah what those might be (laughs) um just a lot of self-care um i work really hard i work a labor-intensive job i am in roller derby i i pretty much beat myself up (laughs) on the daily and I have always had a really hard time with self-care. Mm. I was not taught that. Mm. I wasn't given routine. Um, every, almost every year in, in school, from the time I was like eight years old, my, my parents would get a knock on their door from some social worker saying, you need to, you need to get your daughter in school. Like your daughter needs to go to school. Mm. But they would enable, they would enable me to slack pretty much um never told to brush my teeth every day never told to do the dishes 
wash my wash my clothes. There was a pile of laundry two feet off the ground in every single house that I've lived in in the laundry room. You know, yeah. I was never taught routine. Yeah. And so I'm I'm building myself from from a shaky foundation and I just need to I need to scrape the floor and and just build on top of that. Yeah. Sounds like a worthy cause. Mm-hmm. Great place to start it at. David, what's been, who's been a guest or two that has stood out to you that we've had in the past that is, that has resonated with oh. you? Yeah, that's a really good question. I know the last episode that I listened to, I think it was, it was Loki's episode. And knowing Loki from uh, many years ago, it was really cool to kind of get the sense of who he was and to see how he's evolved mm-hmm. over over time, which was really cool because I think when I met Loki, he was a teenager. And and now he's, you know, in his probably mid to late 20s, I would imagine. And so I, I think if I can just say that, you know, what a fantastic like um, reflection, I think. Yeah, what a fantastic reflection just to show somebody's mm-hmm. evolution and growth. You know, knowing Loki, and and kicking it with him and Daniel, and then to kind of hear his thoughts about his craft, how he's developed over time. Um, I was really, you know, well, one, inspiring because um, I'm connected to him uh, in, 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 in my, you know, in my heart, my memory, you know, I don't see him very often. I haven't talked to him in a long, long time, but um, I think that for me is just a powerful myth or process to acknowledge and see somebody's evolution and, and to, and to, and to hear them or witness them articulate that, which well, is really cool. Kind of like what Parker just did right now was pretty awesome <laughs> and inspiring. So well, thank you for sharing well, that. part of what you just said, right, uh, uh, Dave? Oh God, you know it was a while ago, so I think some of the, uh, you know, some of the content. Oh no, Parker, not on the. Oh yeah, um, yeah. Thanks uh, for clarifying. Um, you know, when you talk about foundation, you know. It, you know, in order to move forward in any direction, whether it's from trauma or just a life search, uh, situation or a development of a skill, we need a we need a we need a stable foundation. And so, to discern what qualities, values uh, 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 that are going to help us be productive in that, to to mm-hmm. heal that foundation or to make it steady, and then that's how we move forward. Because we can't do that when we're not safe and when our foundation is shaky. And so, just sharing. Uh, a bit of your history, Parker, and just hearing about like, one, if the foundation is is not secure or steady, habits don't develop, productive habits don't develop, and it's difficult to discern like, uh, you know, kind of a psychological way of being. And so isn't that the shit for us all, right? You know, I always try to make it as small as I can to kind of <laughs> yeah. the broader process. So that's, yeah. that was I perfect. can definitely hey, resonate, Ron. Parker, with, I think all of us could. I know Mike well enough that and, and, and Dale well enough to go like, yeah, there's shit we didn't didn't learn, didn't understand as kids that like we have to relearn, mm-hmm. reparent mm-hmm. ourselves. It's a worthy effort. It's a long life, long. Well, it's so life. easy to say that too, but it's like you're talking about subconscious. It's easy it's like to say, very hard to do. Yeah, yeah. Almost <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. like not. No, sorry. Go ahead. I, bro. I mean, it's hard. It's very hard. It's it's like you start and you don't ever stop. <laughs> like once you once you know that this is what you're doing is trying to reprogram your damn brain, like it's a daily battle. And I it, but the one of the most worthy battles I think you could possibly decide to pick up is to go. I I want to be different. It's like 
-hmm. it's like being a screwdriver when like being handed a screwdriver when you need a wrench yeah yeah i i'm creating a wrench out of a screwdriver yeah one of my favorite things to do by the way yeah i like i have this little thing that i do where i have two bottle openers in my silverware drawer but i'll this is weird guys i'm so sorry (laughs) so sorry but like i'll grab a beer from the fridge and i'll i'll know that i need to go over to get the bottle opener but i'll be like what if what happened if i just go over to where i want to go which is like my bed or some other and i just have to get this bottle open (laughs) and i just love looking around my environment and being like Fucking do this. Have you, you know? used your teeth yet? No, man. I, I no, saw some brutes in brutes in England do it. Oh, it was like it was too much for me. Couldn't do it. I had a friend that I used to run with the Chico State. Oh. His African guy, man. Yeah. Oh, Mike, how about you? What's been? What's been? Oh, hold on. Before we yeah. go to Mike, real quick. Sorry, Mike. I'm gonna cut. I'm gonna cut. Cut. Cut uh, Ron off here, real quick. Ron, does that? answer of david's about loki being the one he remembers surprise you it does bit? yeah 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 it does <laughs> but, it, but, yeah. I, but at the same time the moment he's like oh i know loki like it does it doesn't surprise me that much once he starts to tell me mm-hmm. because because he knew him and that's yeah. like it, you know i think we're all curious about folks we you know grew up around or knew and everything so mm-hmm. no it's awesome yeah yeah absolutely. how about you mike what what's who's been a guest or two in the past that you've like enjoyed listening yeah, to? you know um who was on just recently twice was it freya or katrina or katrin katrina um, grump- yeah katrin Katri- Bird, the yeah. grumpy girl grumpy, the grumpy girlfriend. girlfriend yeah hilarious yeah we really had fun. her on and then we did an episode on her podcast but then we re re-aired it on ours oh very cool. yeah very cool. what about that what about her um it, it was i i just again it was like a a re- like an insight into a relationship you know like like a kind of a i don't want to yeah. say a relationship professional but like somebody who was she very self-aware a relationship professional well, she was yeah. Really, yeah. <laughs> but like, yeah. <laughs> very self-aware and very like like very strong advocate but also very um um how can i say uh like a uh just very open like uh, like like you know about her partner's needs as well like just kind of like yeah. self-aware you know in, in that space and i was just it was it was really interesting and i was interested to see her come on again and then you guys were on the podcast or you guys that was that was the other episode but yeah, I thought that was that was just kind of recently that I that I that I listened to that was really interesting. The other um, the other guy was um, just tell me what to do. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he uh, was his yeah, he's fucking awesome. Uh, his name, God, his, his name's gonna come to me in just a few minutes. His, yeah, yeah. His, his, that is he's a great podcast, and I want to mm-hmm. shout you know give that a shout out. Just, look, just tell me what to do. Yeah. You know, he's a he's a second generation Jungian therapist. Which is kind of like that's like wow. kind of like Shaolin level of <laughs> of like mental right. health therapy, right? <laughs> right. 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 Uh, uh, Benjamin Benjamin Rusick is his name, and yeah. yeah, yeah, I loved having him on and and getting to be on his podcast as well. You know, the funny thing- we're actually about to release an episode of ours of Cutting for Sign of us on his. Podcast. Oh really? Oh, cool. Nice. Oh yeah, we were gonna do. <laughs> I love that. That's news to you. Wait, you, you just said that he's about to release one we recorded on his. No, we're we're gonna release that episode of us on his as an episode. Oh, of ours, I, like I misunderstood with- what you were saying. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's correct. And we and we go pretty deep into the unions. Real deep, so deep. Put that dream to sleep. 
second generation yeah <laughs> by real deep compared to someone who actually studies union psychology like a i heard a, i heard someone on a uh, i heard someone say on a podcast the other day we're going to deep dive into something which is something i used to say on our podcast until daniel's <laughs> like listen asshole you can't deep dive into anything in 90 minutes nothing can be deep dived into <laughs> in this amount of time what you're going to get a phd in this, in this topic and an hour <laughs> i'm so grateful that you just like called back to that because that's one of the nice moments of the last hundred episodes oh, that i just <laughs> i just want to be like yeah let's deep dive deep dive deep dive it was you know what the moment was it was with fucking beth and standing oh that's episode. a good episode yeah. enjoyed that one a lot and she was like was, ron said deep dive and then she was into it and i was like <laughs> i don't know it had been building for many many episodes <laughs> Like, dude, I gotta address the deep dive thing. I was like, PhDs when they write a dissertation, that's that's a deep dive. We're not even. We're like a frisbee. We're not even the skipping stone. Like we're just gliding over the topic and taking. We just opened the can and let the effervescence like come out. Appreciate that. Thank you, Ron. That's awesome. I'm always. I always try to be transparent. And say, well, this is for my YouTube PhD that I got. I watched three videos on YouTube. Yeah, I'm a semi I'm a expert yeah, yeah. now. Uh, but Thank you. According to my research, <laughs> or I heard somewhere, hey, Mike and David. Yeah, Mike and David. Uh, well, and, and for you too, Parker. But like, uh, we haven't really gotten to you yet. But before we do, just rattle off a couple more episodes or topics or something that have that have been in some way meaningful to you. Maybe you want to go? Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm thinking about that. Well, I, I thought of Tom. To be frank, so I keep going to people that I know. Yeah, Tom O'Leary. I just really enjoyed the creativity. His, I don't know, his mindset. It was a while ago that I listened to it, but he was the first person I thought of for whatever reason. Uh, maybe Tom O'Leary was that. with our first, and I probably twenty guests, he right? 13. He's thirteen. I think thirteen. He was me. It, yeah, he was a yeah, fun yeah. guest to have on because he was, first of all, our one and only soap opera uh, actor that we've had on, and and also a owner of a Irish pub, and that's that's a that's an interesting. Yeah. We we the other day we learned where the the intersection of a Venn diagram. It's just called a section, right, Daniel? Is that what it's called? <laughs> the intersection. It's so lackluster. <laughs> so wherever the inter- intersection of of Irish pub owner and soap opera actor is that's where Tom O'Leary is. And I think that's a pretty fucking great place to be. Dude, when I think about coming up to Portland this summer and revisiting my life up there, you know, uh, Mike, are you in Portland? Mm-hmm. Yep. Nice. Have you been at TC O'Leary's um, on Alberta? Yeah. No, I don't think so. If you don't do, like Irish people, don't go there. It's very okay. Irish inside. Do drink, like, do you, do you drink is pub life something that's interesting to you, Mike? Yeah, oh yeah. I'm insulted. Yeah, I highly recommend going in there and just, you know, if you can catch Tom, he's one of the like, well, I I've, I say it every once in a while, like, he's one of the people that if I was stuck on a desert island with 10 folks, like he would be one of my 10 folks, you know, he's just it's, it's solid, the whole package, yeah. you know, the attitude, the uh, capability, the work ethic, the, the like, willingness I think this is something I value in in guests and in Ron and in in what I envision with the vision of my own life is this ability to be like pretty 
like you were saying about your job, like you, you know, earlier when we were talking, you're like six months without being late, even for like six or seven minutes, you know, that, that was pretty big for you. And mm-hmm. so that took a lot of like discipline and fortitude. Yet also there's this other part of your, your personality that is that derby part and the like on one on a Saturday part that is so opposite of that. And when those things can live together in a person, let alone the five or six other things that also have to say, have their say. I think that now we're getting to an authentic, interesting human who, who's doing some something worth, well, that's going to catch my attention. And, and Tom is one of those people. He was putting in 12-hour days. Like, I'm going to say seven days a week because that's what he told me. It was probably six days a week. You know, he probably got a day off or a half a day off. But like to make that pub TC O'Leary's work and be what it is now, seven or eight years later, the first two years with a child, a young girl, he was killing himself. And you could just see it, take it out of him. But it went right into this environment that he created. It was true sacrifice, but he truly created something. And then the scales started to balance and he was able to give something back to more. I love when people do that. People love that bar. When every time I go by or in or even drive by, there's all there's it's like standing room only people outside. It's worth going to if you're not if you've not been there before. I love it. David only listens to episodes of people he knows. He's like, that's I the, know that guy. <laughs> that's why we. That's why we got to go talk to. Uh, 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 help me, yeah, Steve Maxwell, because he was like, I know this guy, and you actually introduced us, and we went got to go do that episode from his tiny house. To this day is the best twelve hours of my life. I fucking love that twelve. <laughs> Any listeners out there, and I highly recommend this. Go listen to the field dressing of the Steve Maxwell episode. It's like forty-five minutes long. Because we tell the story of the trip that we took to see Steve Maxwell, and it was fucking. Epic, it was a good, man. great trip, totally great trip. Yeah. If I could just add one more, I listened. Yeah, I mean, I listened to the Steve Maxwell one for sure because that was the first time I was on a podcast, and I was like, "Yo, this is crazy." But uh, I follow Colin Daring. He's awesome. On yeah. And I'm not sure if I fo- I'm not sure if I followed yeah. him before or after because yeah. I'm also into kettlebells. And just to hear about his family and from what I remember, just like developing his own identity. And then you can see that, at least for me, the way I interpret that is is watching him um, develop his practice or he's been doing it for a long time. And you so know what stood out to me to me about uh, Colin was was uh, his dad going, you're not that smart, so you need to be very strong. You need to learn how to be strong and use that to your advantage. And, and, and yeah, I'm paraphrasing yeah, right. that story, but... You know, I think if you grew up like middle class, you had your parents who were like, you go to college, so you don't have to work, you know, so you don't have to do something with your body. That's the story I heard a lot. And, and he's, and it, whatever he heard from his dad, he's like, hell yeah. And now he's a, like a world-class leader in the fitness world. And whatever age he is, he could be, he could be 49, he could be a hundred years old. It was the most timeless and ambiguously what age age wise he was so i was like i don't fucking know how old you are your face is what's that do you his face and skin looked like 20 year old he also had salt and pepper all over the place but his body also looked like 20 20 or 30 or something i was like how fucking old are you man the world's gonna end and he's gonna like emerge from the rubble and rebuild society (laughs) he's like my wife's vegan and so i became vegan i was like god damn fucking vegans man it's like do you ever get that anymore? This is an open question. Sorry, random question. 
I was giving Ron shit yesterday because he was sending me a, a blue. He was uh, making a bear with me. Oh God. One. Making a <laughs> metaphor. He's like, I'm like a blue belt in jujitsu. And then he no, says, I set up a blue belt in, in editing our podcast. Yeah. And then he goes, and then he goes parentheses, mid-level blue belt in mid-level belt in jujitsu. And I shot him back one of the best texts I've ever sent. <laughs> It says something to the effect of, I don't need a tutorial on on Brazilian jiu-jitsu belt levels because like <laughs> vegans, every fucking person who practices Brazilian jiu-jitsu will let you know that they practice it and they'll tell you what belt they are. And over time, you get a very clear idea of the fucking belt <laughs> order. Yeah. That's kind of how I feel about derby. Is it? Yeah. What do you mean? Like... Everybody knows who the vets are, you know, like everyone knows who's been there for the longest. Oh, like within the derby. Yeah, community? yeah, absolutely. yeah. Is yeah, it because they're yeah. missing a tooth? <laughs> uh, it's, it usually, it's usually because they're in, they're injured. Yeah. <laughs> they had surgery at some point, but they're still in it. <laughs> that's intense. That's in, that. I love that's, that. that sounds scary to me. I'm like, my, my tailbone is afraid of that sport. Uh, yeah, it, I am in pain right now. Actually. Are you? Did you hurt your tailbone? Yeah. God, I broke mine as a kid and it hurt. Like it was real pain. I had two practices, um, one on Tuesday this week and then uh, on Wednesday. And uh, I'll tell you, the first time I had, um, like I was trying to pass minimum skills in derby and I fell on my tailbone and I was in bed for three days. I 100% believe it. I could not move. I thought I broke it, but there's not, even if you did, there's nothing you can do about it. Like you break the coccyx. It's you're just, you're just have to sit on an inflatable (laughs) pillow. Humans humans don't have a tail cask cast cast. There's no little cast like fucking George Costanza. And when in that Jack black movie, uh, shallow Hal, do you ever see that? (laughs) So like the one movie, I'm glad you're referencing it though. One oh, movie, I know that movie. Movie. I know that movie. <laughs> 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 you remember the part of the oh, yeah. where he's got it? Sorry, he's got a little tail. It does not hold up well. I will. I will say that. <laughs> what the movie doesn't hold up. <laughs> Wouldn't it's be made these weird. days. Yeah, no, not at all. No, for sure. <laughs> that could be a whole podcast. But the part where, the part where, uh, uh, whatever Alexander is, whatever his name is, is walking away at the end, and his little fucking. Coxic's tail is wagging is pretty tight. So I have a question for the group and, and, and that is one of one of I'll preface it with this. We had a somebody write to us about since listening to the podcast, they've they've started to notice more in their life the clues and signals and the and the things kind of unfolding in their life. And they're like, Oh, I'm cutting cutting for sign. And then they were driving down some road in, in um, where they live and they actually saw a sign that said cutting Avenue. And, and it was just like, Holy shit. Like this is, this is another thing in my life. That's kind of leading me to this. What, what the fuck are you doing, Daniel? Are you smoking over there? So you brought a vape. Why not? Wow. <laughs> party He's nicotining over there. Uh, ha, well, have you guys experienced that kind of ex- something along that line where you're starting to notice like 
maybe a heightened sense of being able to notice that you're on the path or on your path, on your journey? Um, oh yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I think it's helped me a lot, um, in my path. Uh, like I said before, it's just, I'm exposed to more people. Um, it's helped me explore myself. Uh, I've always been on this journey. I feel like I constantly ask the same questions. Um, to different people to find like what, what's what a really, question or two that you, you that you're curious about um i like the hmm that's a good question the beth uh what's her name beth and Sandy. And Sandy. It's an awkward last name. yeah <laughs> sorry beth <laughs> it is sorry, beth. i don't understand it like did she make it up <laughs> um the like the mammalian signals that you get yeah. like the things that you Nice. Um, just feeding to your own needs. Um, I feel like that really resonated with me a lot. You feel like mm -hmm. that's something you're going to get in touch with a little bit more in your week in the woods? Oh yeah, absolutely. I think that, I think this week in the woods is going to be exactly that. Just getting in touch with myself and what I need and really sorting out what is my priority right now. I need to care for myself. And I think that this this podcast has really helped me explore that. Like, what am I ignoring? What what does my body and mind need? What are some of the answers you've come up with? Like, what does caring for yourself mean? And what and specific to your trip, like, what things do you think might come up there? Um, I generally I'm, I'm not good at hygiene i mean like i care for my my yeah. physical body but like dental stuff i need to be brushing my teeth all the time mm. i need to be prioritizing myself rather than others i put others before me almost every time yeah um and i have recently been really prioritizing my life my my needs you know have you experienced like guilt or shame because of that what's been yeah yeah that has been challenging um i sorry no it's okay <laughs> i i i think that this journey of learning how to take care of ourselves is like that's for real that's adulthood that's coming into adulthood big time and exactly right? yeah Real quick, I appreciate that one of the things you said is super specific. It's yeah. like, for example, dental, you know, like, I mean, uh, 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 yeah, I mean, to, to that point, I was, I just helped, I just walked somebody through the, today's their third week of sobriety, like, like the, today they're celebrating three weeks sober. And, and along this path, he's been, he's been stepping into like new things that, that he hadn't like grown up for, grown up into. And one of those was, um, he told me how long he had owned his car and that he had never had an oil change. And I was like, I was like, I was like, dude, I was like, man, um, this how actually, this actually makes me more scared than the benders that you told me about. Like we need to, we need <laughs> to figure this out stat. I think, 
I think I care for my car more than I care for myself. Yeah, I would probably a lot of people do. Yeah, but then the me. next thing he was like, now, now I need to go to the doctor. I need to go to the dentist, and like both of those things, he had not hit had done neither of those in more than a decade. And I think actually, there's a ton of adults who who fall right into there, like. They don't, you know, we just put, we put, we could take care of our house, take care of our kids, all kinds of other things, and not take care of ourselves. One of, one of my values, and I'm curious with Mike, I got a question for you on this one. So one of my values is taking care of everything that I, that is in my field of responsibility, you know? So obviously that's my body and my mind, but that's also my home, my car, all my possessions and, and my friendships and my commitments, the things I've said I'm going to do. So that's kind of the baseline of like, okay, when I, when I am like, take assess, you know, and I go, okay, I need to, one of my values, main values is take care of everything that I am responsible for this in my field of responsibility. You know, those are the things that I look at. So I have the time to do that because I don't have a day job. At the same time, I do have a creative job that I put a lot of time into, but I don't have children. I don't have pets. You know, I have a studio space that I don't own, so I'm not responsible for any of the land, you know, like major fucking boxes that you and Ron have available. I don't. So I'm assuming to some extent you value what I just said. If I'm wrong, let me know. But how do you navigate all of your responsibilities to other people and the things I just said in the uh, Shelby or uh, Parker just said? Oh, um, great question. Um, the answer is not, not very well. <laughs> I guess you, you could say. Oh, oh 100%. And, and I think that, um, you know, I, go to, I, go to th- I just started seeing a, a, a new therapist that I could afford a couple, couple of months ago. Yes, thank you. That's amazing. It's amazing. I am... Yeah, it's 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 a it's a great question. I mean, just I, I am transitioning from survival mode from the last couple of years into like maintenance mode for myself, and and just just as you said about like mm-hmm. taking care of yourself, like I have a, anyway. There's a long list of things that I haven't done to take care of myself, and 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 the reason why, and and I have to you know I have to admit my therapist like the, I mean. The, you know, they're great listeners, but just, just put it in perspective to say, you have an immense amount of responsibility. It's like, do you even realize that? And yeah. I think just like being in constant, yeah. constant motion for so long is a way to like, not even realize that and like, end up being like super unhealthy and mm-hmm. miserable and lots of bad coping choices, you know? And I, and I think that, um, you know, I've got to make a real conscious effort here to, to like, what does self-care look like for me and how does that, you know, manifest? So I've, that's what I've really been looking into because it's, it's, um, it's, you know, it's, it's funny that you describe your, you know, your, your scenario and from listening to the podcast. And I, I think I even had conversations with Ron. I'm like, what the fuck's up with this Daniel guy? He's got like all this time. He does all this creative shit. And he's like, he's like, I'm so pissed because so, I'd love to be doing, you know, not that I would love to be doing that, but like, it's, it's when you have, you know, family and responsibilities and, and, you know, and other stuff you got to deal with. It's like, you know, it is what it is, you know, it's like, it's, it is my life, you know, so it's not like, it, it doesn't mean that you can't look at other people and be like, oh my God, like, and I have to say over time, I just, you know, I've really come to just appreciate both of you guys and like, you know, and, and how you describe your lives and how you live your lives. And that's why I keep listening because it is really, there's a lot there and to learn from, and there's a lot there to, 
be excited about, you know, as well. But well, it is Mike, you know, I, I pay for I pay for that freedom. You know, mm -hmm. I don't have the type of love and intimacy that you have with your children and I'm assuming your your you know, your partner and I don't have at this stage as, as much money or financial freedom, you know, and there's a level of feeling of like I'm uh, something that's been coming up in my mind lately is like I'm all on my own, you know, mm -hmm. I'm really on my own. Like I go to bed alone every night, you know, most nights. Sometimes we wish married us married people wish we were going to bed alone. <laughs> I mean, no, I get that, but then if you go yeah, yeah, everybody, it's it's a matter of degree. You know, sure. you can be have too many people around you asking for you and you can have not enough. Yeah. You know, and you're you're you got too many responsibilities and too many people demanding and you don't have enough time for free creative freedom. I have too much creative freedom and not enough responsibility. And so I have to impose the responsibility on myself, which mm -hmm. is important to do. I value that. And I do it in a lot of different ways, but it takes constant fucking effort because I don't have to do it. But right. my spirit dies if I don't, you know, mm -hmm. whereas you other side, it's all fucking imposed and forced. And it's like, dude, I'm, it's too much, man. Mm -hmm. So we've got, I'm not going to say they're analogous. You probably have a harder life than I do, but I've got my own demons that I wouldn't wish on. I take it back. You don't have a harder life than I do. And David knows this. I've got my own fucking demons that are brutal, yeah. man. I wouldn't wish them on my worst enemy. And so, you know, it's like, that's one of the things, and I appreciate the, the time here. I don't mean to cut you off too much from your mm -hmm. answer, but one of the reasons that I hold firm to the statement, I don't want to be anybody else. Anybody. Brad Pitt, Leo, those are kind of my two, like, if I was going to be anyone, those are kind of be my boys that I would beam my life into. And there's this part of me that's like, I don't know, man, because I suspect they got demons that would bully me and push me around. And at least I know mine and I'm doing good. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I think one of the things that I, I, I read recently was about this, this idea of self-care looks different for everybody. And so I think just yeah. being very aware and even that, that, uh, that body of work of what is it? The body keeps the score. And I just started to yeah. look into that and super interesting because, you know, the stresses that you carry have impacts on your body in a certain way, which requires you to move in a certain way to help, you know, to help alleviate this. And, and it goes back to, um, you know, like we're just like comparing, you know, with like our responsibilities here, like it, it's, it's, everybody's different, you know, like there's not one answer to like, this is how you should live, or this is how you need to, like, and, and it's funny, I was telling you this earlier on, you know, about the, the I'm in this dad's group um, here, and it's just, you know, these dads of neuro, neurodiverse kids, and, and and me and this other guy lead it, and when when I hear these fathers say, like, oh, I should be doing this, I should be doing that, try to steer the conversation and say, like, hey, you know, this, the, when you say should, you're bringing up this, like, shame cycle for yourself, mm -hmm. so like, can you think of another way to do this, yeah. like, oh, I could That's be so. doing this, or... I should think of, you know, I could think about doing this and, and, um, and so it's just, it's just different for everybody of like what they're, what they're going through. And I think that, you know, we're, 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 we are, we are given a lot of signals and a lot of information of like, oh, you know, you've got to fast and not eat until 2 PM because that's the best thing. No, it's not the best thing for everybody. You know, like thumbs down. It's, it's like <laughs> ridiculous. Fucking like Ron in these cold showers. That's why I said long cold shower, cold showers on yeah. long warm beaches is because like, He's going off about his cold showers. I'm like, five years from now, there's going to be a, a balancing uh, peer-reviewed studies 
by those lovely PhDs who actually deep dive, Ron. <laughs> and it's going to say that all those parts of ourselves on a fucking cold shower were, were telling us good advice. And it, there's a, a whole nother aspect of it that's like good for us. It's going to get you diabetes, Ron. You know. You're <laughs> going to from those cold. What's up, Dave? Uh, if I can say, Mike, I appreciate you well sharing and then also saying, you know, the, you know, the phrasing yeah. of should, the concept of should. And this is just kind of a funny thing. My, I had a good friend from back in from back home in Northern California when I worked at the group home. And uh, she would often say, don't don't shit on <laughs> yeah. me. And it was like kind of don't shit yeah. on me, but like don't shit on me. And I was like, I've never forgotten mm. it. And so often uh, or from time to time, I try to watch how I, I uh, speak to others when talking about whether it's productive behavior or non-productive behavior. A partner, my longest um, partner of my life, uh, David knows her well. Her name is Adria. Her and I would invent words a lot uh, to cut, shoot the gap between one extreme and another, and we would use good a lot. We would just say good because sometimes I want to say should, and I, like that, that <laughs> wants to come out, but it, we know we should say could. You know? <laughs> oh, nice, nice. It's good all the time. It's fucking hilarious. Yeah, that's a hard. It's a hard <clears throat> word to get out of our of our consciousness and unconsciousness. Because mm -hmm. even if we're not using the word directly, there's a feeling of like that. If I did something different in my life, if my actions were different, then my life would be better somehow. And and then I know for myself, I get stuck in a loop of like not doing the thing. And, and thinking mm -hmm. like life would be better once I do it. And I, th I think that's probably since we've been doing this, Daniel, this podcast in particular, taking those tiny little steps imperfectly towards whatever change I want to make. And, um, and just trying a little bit at a time, because I know that is if when I try wholesale changes and I think you might run into this Parker, you know, a big wholesale, like I'm going to change so much about myself. That's when, that's when my unconscious self is like, fuck that. No, you're not. And I'm going to throw everything in the kitchen sink to like, stop you from doing it. And, and the way I've found through that, and especially shame. And I've talked about this a lot with Daniel and, and Daniel's like, does not understand shame in his life. Fucker. And <laughs> we just have a very different relationship with shame because I grew up religious and you didn't. And so there's this oh. like guilt and shame, you know, thing that I get to carry around because it's just the culture I grew up in. And I don't as much anymore. I really don't. And I think a big part of it is, is I don't, number one, I just don't try to make these wholesale changes as much. And instead I try to make what I'd call micro changes, not deep dive changes, but micro changes. Like if I can, you know, for instance, um, stretch for 10 or 15 minutes, you know, a majority of nights instead of every night. And that feels like a big win. I met I, instead of going like, fuck, I didn't do seven days a week for 30 minutes a day or whatever the made up number is. Um, I can do that. So I hope, I hope you give yourself a lot of grace in the woods at the cabin, a lot of, a lot yeah. of grace and a lot of kindness to yourself out there. Absolutely. I mean, I also grew up religious. I grew up Christian. Mm -hmm. Um, I went to church like as many days as I could. I loved the community yeah, of it, me too. but there's a lot of shame um, that is built from that. It kind of sucks because uh, there's so many good things that do happen. Like the community is is a great part of church. I miss it a lot. Yeah, yeah. Me too. yeah. And somehow we we don't. I think a lot of 
religious people don't mean to for that to happen it's not like we get there thinking like man i can't wait to fuck somebody up with some shame and it, it just like slips out trying to create this like um everyone trying to fit in at the same time and they and they you know create these standards that i don't i don't think anyone right off the bat means to and it and unfortunately leaves residual problems you grew up pretty religious too right mike uh, oh yeah yeah i grew up i grew up catholic survived were you like super catholic like were choir boy catholic i was a uh, altar boy catholic yeah i was yeah through all the yeah. all the all the sacraments all the things yeah 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 i grew up does, that was does guilt and shame kind of default into your into your brain did it for a while <laughs> no I, I, I like, I, I like intellectualize it at a very young age. And I'm like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> and the Catholic, see the, the thing about a lot of Catholic churches is like, they don't get up in your business. Like you show up on Sunday, you like check mm. the box and you like put your donation in and like, you're good. You know, like if you need something, you could always like go back, but it was not part of like, um, kind of like the fabric of our community necessarily. And I actually have a interesting like evolution of, of kind of how that, how that shook out as well. I was born in the Northeast, lived in New York. And then my father got transferred to Georgia when I was in high school. So I like went, I was a Catholic in, I was a Catholic in the Northeast where everybody's Catholic to the South where it was unbelievable. The questions that people would ask, you know, I'd like, it's complete like ignorance of Catholicism. They're like, Oh, do you like worship Mary? Like they, like you, do you believe in Jesus? And I got tried, people try to save me all the time. And I got invited to lots of churches and, and, and whatnot, but it, it just grew, it just grew. And it was, you know, my, my family's, um, um, they're pretty devout, you know, they, they, they go a lot, but it's, it's a little, I, I think the, the first time I, I asked about the Bible and there was like no answer because you literally just, you go to church on Sunday, you don't read the Bible when you're Catholic. Like mm. there's this, like, I couldn't find a Catholic who read yeah. the Bible. Like it, you, you go there on Sunday and they read it to you and you're like, yeah, okay. <laughs> you know, you go through the, the ceremony, but it was, it was not a very, and so I was curious and I started asking questions and Nobody really had any answers. So I actually started mm. to hang out with some Methodists and did like those youth groups because they were more, you know, they were just more active, you know, there. And it was, yeah. you know, it was interesting. They'd let you smoke at some of the events. So that was fun oh, in high school. I love you know? when Christians <laughs> smoke outside. I love it. That's really comforting to me. Um, <laughs> What's up, David? Yeah, if I can say, you know, I, I also grew up Catholic and, um, for whatever reason, this certain smell and a certain vibe of feeling that I have, I think mostly based on like my grandparents who were devoutly Catholic, being Mexicano and, and, and having that relationship with Catholicism and Jesus was, has impressed me. Um, I don't practice anymore, but it still impresses me. But what's really interesting is that, well, um, one of my favorite authors right now, Yuval Noah Harari, I'm, I'm assuming that a lot of us have heard about him, Daniel. Yeah. Stapiens, you know, and uh, Homo Deus. Anyway, he talks about religion, just generally religion as a whole. And he says where we go wrong, and I and I, I believe this, where we take a philosophy and we turn it into mm. law, and where those laws marginalize certain people. And I I know for um you know doing some reading, not all the reading, that there is a lot of really good philosophy and spiritual practices that I can attune to. Um, um, but at the same time, when we're talking about, you know, uh, marginalizing others and believing in some of the, probably the pretty common practices for the time when those texts were written, I don't believe in that. And I, I'd like to think that God is an embodiment of our higher values versus the values of 
you know, an ex-population several thousand years ago trying to quantify something they didn't know. So therefore mm -hmm. it was evil, you know, so, the, you know, the manifestation of, of the creator uh, is hopefully the higher values that we want to attune to versus our fears mm -hmm. and our anxiety. That's a pretty cool way to so say it, like uh, that quantifying something we don't understand. So it's, it's called evil, yeah. you know, yeah. that reminds totally. me of like, yeah saying something's magical because we don't get the science yet you know one of the things For that's sure. so For amazing sure. about this time that we live in right now is that some of these there's so much understanding around science that's been being created and it's it's not dispelling magic it's like actually inviting us to into the world of un of not understanding even more like i was watching neil degrasse and neil degrasse neil degrasse hole that's a good way to say <laughs> he has a personality for sure he was talking with some, he's autistic some guys leave him alone <laughs> Dude, <literally. laughs> i call it i call it artistic artistic yeah. <laughs> Art Fuck, man. but uh my point is is that they were discussing about quantum you know, the quantum situation. Mm -hmm. And they were like, we just don't mm -hmm. get it, you know? And and uh, the fact that science has reached a point where it's just like two things can be in the same place at the same time until we look at it and then it's there. And they're like, I don't know what to do with this. I think that's such a great place to be, you know? And agreed. And I was just thinking about this today, talking to my roommate earlier, just about, uh, he had a pretty awesome dream that we were discussing, but long story short, where, where science, you know, can't see through the veil, if you will. We as humans, we, we create meaning. We're meaning-making machines. And so therefore, we try to make meaning out of the mystery. And I think that's just one of our superpowers. And now we have so much knowledge. But if you go back to our early ancestors where everything was mysterious, we're going to create meaning around that. And so I'm, I'm really glad that the process continues. We know more about our natural world, but at the same time, we don't know everything. And therefore, we have to make meaning I'm gonna, of that I'm gonna, process. And I think that's, I, that's I'm a lovely gonna thing. I'm going to bring in some mystery into this. This happened to me today. Yes, so I, I woke up at close, Ooh. close. I, I woke up at uh, 6 a.m. having gone to bed at, at 12. And I was like, I need a couple more hours of sleep. So let's just go to bed. So I turned on some sleep music, went back to sleep. And then in that time, I had a dream about a friend of mine who's just written a book about going through childhood trauma. And, and in the dream, he and I are having a conversation over the phone. And when I woke up, um, I had a voice message from him. Daniel's muted. Yeah. That's awesome. That's, That's awesome. It's so yeah. bizarre. Oh. So you, you had a dream about your friend and then you woke up. I had a dream. Yeah, I had a dream that we were on the phone together and yeah. Oh, wow, yeah, and then wow, wow, wow. the fact that Ron's not saying is that this person texts or calls him about five times. What I didn't say is that he's not my friend. He's a bill collector who calls me all the time. <laughs> he's, yeah, he's just been trying to get a hold of you about your car insurance. Well said, Parker. Well said. No, for sure, for so much. And then they just did what they normally do and called you more. Just, no, but I think that. You know, I love this conversation because uh, you asked, about, like, you know, what are the signs, yeah. the calls? I mean, yeah, I would say that's a call. Time. That's a sign. That's, that's something that we can create a myth around. And, you know, Daniel has known me for 20 plus years and we have been doing this 
for the past 20 years, sharing myth, creating stories. And uh, that um, I think that's a really important process because it, it provides a purpose. And that's also really important to have those yeah. productive behaviors and or conversations with each other. Have you, but Mike, I know you, and that's I a, know it's you're going to have to go to, to, uh, to, to feed the kids soon. Um, before you jump off, has there been any, any time in your life where you've like gotten that kind of download of like, I should step into this next thing or, or there's some kind of mystery that's leading you into, into, um, a better version of yourself. Um, if no, you say no, it's okay, well, I, I <laughs> but think it won't of, make for good radio. <laughs> I can think of a lot of bad choices I made that were informed by this <laughs> mythology that I created. Of, no um, shit, right? <laughs> gosh, that's a, that's a good... I, I know Dan, there's... Another way to describe it is, uh, is green flags. When like, And I think Daniel uses those a lot, which is the opposite of a red flag. When... You know, red flags is like when you know there's danger and you go anyway, and then you then afterwards you're like, "Fuck, I probably shouldn't have done that." I think we all know the difference between red and green when it comes to. But I've never, I've not heard you describe. I've never heard you heard anyone <laughs> say green flags for a situation other than you, Daniel. I was trying to be complimentary. You're there shooting me down. Matthew McConaughey's book is called Green Lights. I don't know who that is. Oh, is that what that's all about? I don't know who about? that is. <laughs> McConaughey, no. go fuck yourself. <laughs> don't be one, Ron. Don't be one. Those are the worst. What? What? I, I literally worked with a woman one time when Seinfeld was the, the and, and I worked in. I worked at um, you know a large multinational brand, and she refused to acknowledge that she knew what Seinfeld was. I'm like, I, I, I refuse <laughs> to believe that you lived in your. You have no. <laughs> Seinfeld. That did she wake up that morning and she was just like she's like I'm gonna be Cruella Deville today. Oh, <laughs> like, you, this I, is I what mean, I'm gonna do. It's you know there I don't know if it is anymore, but those 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 people who are just like oh I don't follow mainstream media, you know like maybe that may be a little like oh I don't know what that mm. is like oh what do you mean by that like people just play play like the, no it's, it's just like the most it's, it's a movie that made a billion dollars this year you're gonna tell me you have no idea what you've never heard of Avatar like I, I'm just trying to be. <laughs> trying to be who can, uh, who can be who can be more unplugged you know i had some friends who tried to uh to get into scientology just to see what all the hubbub was about <laughs> and and they let themselves like go they went to the scientology wow. office they went in and and one of them was like i'm just gonna keep going just to see what's what's happening and one of the first lessons they talked about in order to make their experience in scientology more attractional is that when someone tells them a story of like, man, I went to this great restaurant or you should have, uh, you know, seen that sunset is to say something along the lines of, oh, I've, I've, uh, I've seen better and to immediately elevate your position in life above their position or experience. It's like, what an <laughs> asshole move. There's, there's a guy that I bump into at my son's pickup from martial arts. And so, and he just has this air, anyway, just has this very off-putting air. And so there was a shooting like a block away. So SWAT team, North cop Portland? cars in North Portland. Yeah. Holy shit. Just like, yeah. like a huge police presence. We were screaming down the street. Um, and so we go over there, like, 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 this is all happening outside. And then the whole area cordoned off. And I said, just like out of the blue, I, you know, I, I, I was talking, I'm like, what's going on? We don't know. I'm like, I've never seen this many police in one place before and this guy had to go out of his way he's like oh well i have I'm like, 
<laughs> okay. Great. <laughs> Way to go, Magnum PI. Like, I don't know what else to say, but it was very much like that kind of attitude. Like, well, I've seen more. I've seen more. I don't Look out. He's going to he's gonna invite you to Scientology soon. Those are the one-uppers? The one-uppers. One yeah, the one-uppers. So I'm going to bait him next time I see him. I'm going to see if what? I'm going to bait him. <laughs> what do you Please be as pet as you possibly can be. <laughs> you said you were going to bait him? Bait him. Like I'm going to throw something out there to be like, oh my gosh, I can't believe how hot it is. <laughs> you know, like, oh, I've seen it hotter. <laughs> you know, be, say, I used to be so much of that person. What? The baiter <laughs> the, or the, the... the one-upper? Really... I used to be really, I yeah. love that oh, you're okay. catching yourself in that. I, yeah. I have, Why would you do that? Yeah. I mean, I have the instinct to be like, oh, I grew up in the Midwest. Like... I'm I'm gay. You're you trying know, to, like you're I'm trying like to one up us right now. <laughs> yeah, like no, like I have, I have that instinct to be like, oh, you don't even know what cold. She's is. like, you think that guy was a one up? Oh, yeah. right. <laughs> <laughs> and I recognize about that. I recognize that about myself, and I catch it. And I'm like, don't do that. Yeah, that's, you don't come up like not a, a great trait. at all. Well, I've I've worked on it for a long time. I think you're good. On that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the instinct is still there though what do you guys think we should thanks for sharing that parker in the next hundred episodes of the show what do you think we need more of or Good different question, needs to be different different or more let me riff on that question let me add to that question because i interestingly enough i usually have us booked out six weeks at least and i i just by hook or by crook i haven't booked anybody and so it really does feel fresh and we can come up with guests and topics in, 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 in an instant, you know, but there is a sense of like big change can come right now. It's a new season. And, yeah. Um, I have a couple of, I gave some... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. Okay. Um, <laughs> I, I had a couple of thoughts. Uh, you asked him before about people who, um, was it Sam Lamont? Yeah. 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 So good. He's cool. I'd be curious to hear what's, what's going on. In, in their their neck of the woods we just recorded with the him episode, yesterday oh you did oh, cool. the episode yeah. before this one yeah. is another yeah. Sam Lamont part so, two the, so go fuck yourself we already did that <laughs> way ahead of you Perfect. I already thought of this the mystery already answered the question Mike okay I got a great idea <laughs> okay get Sam Lamont on again how about that <laughs> noted um, done the um the person you had on recently um was they were the um um oh the, the hsp the highly sensitive person the emp empathy or the empathy uh -huh. coach i don't know how they they framed it up um there so i heard you guys in another episode saying that you might bring that person back or you might talk to them again i don't i was curious about that i was i wanted more out of that episode i'll just say that okay okay noted i like that we could we could go into below the surface dive <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm so sorry. Me and me and uh, Parker were bullshitting about Sam Lamont for a couple of seconds. <laughs> I missed that. I'm so sorry, Mike. Can you say that? Say just. I forget the person's name, but they were they were um the, their area of expertise was a highly sensitive person or um and, and empathy. I, I read about empathy a lot for my work, and it's one of those. Heather Roddy. I don't... No, it wasn't Heather Roddy. It was uh, Abigail it, Taylor. Was it Freya Mortensen? Oh, was it Freya? Those are the three sensitive people we've had: Abigail Taylor, Freya Mortensen, and and Heather Rod. Do you remember? Which I think one? it was Freya. It was recently. It was not oh, that. Wow. It was not that long ago. Yeah. Oh, it was Freya. It was Freya. That was a rough episode for us. That had a really rough start. That was hard. That was actually a hard. That was top ten hardest episodes of Cutting for Sun. 
I'm glad you got something out of it. That's that Seriously. says something that's like despite our despite herself. Um, yeah, that was that was that was I could tell that was hard, you know, and, and I've been I've done a lot. Oh, you could. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've done lots of interviews, like lots of interviews before. And so, it, so I, I don't know. Some people are hard to interview. Sometimes it's just not clicking. You know, sometimes it's it's I, I don't know. Um, I don't know what. The, Can you tell us more about how like you saw it was hard? I don't know. It's just you, helpful. To uh, well, because you guys talked probably eight to one from your guests. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we do, we try to give folks, you know, folks a heads up like, Hey, this is a not your normal podcast where we're going to ask you a bunch of questions. We'd like to have a conversation mm -hmm. and you can, some, something happens when you read the, 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 the intro and then their eyes like change and you're like, Oh, we're, we're going to have to work, work here. There's going to be some well, hard the work. thing about Freya, and I appreciate her a lot, but when she came on, the instant she came on before we were recording, she was having all kinds of super sensitive reactions to the sound. Oh, and that's right. Totally yeah. Flustered. Forgot about and that. She was activated and she was overwhelmed. She was in fight or flight oh. and like sympathetic nervous system kicked in. And it was like we were with a scared animal. And we were like, dude, you know, she was, there was just some bullshit that was happening through tech that was tweaking oh, that her. Sucks. Yeah, we were having tech right. issues. That's yeah. right. You're totally right. It was a rough start before it even fucking reported. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, guys. Uh, sucks. No, no. All good. Uh, to answer your question, I believe you were asking for back on like what we would like to hear in the future. Yeah. Correct, Ron? Um, I think more structure. Uh, I was I was talking to Daniel about um, how the beginning should be really pointed on what the episode is going to be like. Mm. Like, what am I expecting to hear from this episode? What am I expecting to gain here? Um, and the titles too, uh, having a pointed. This is the topic. This is who we're talking to, um, and just having a real clear vision of like, what am I going to learn from this? You know, and then the conclusion at the end, having having some uh, drawn conclusions of what you learned from that person, what you gained from that person that you interviewed, you know? John things go in the draw. Yeah. Yeah, if I can say, kind of to touch on that, Parker, I, I was kind of thinking something similar. Um, Long story short, I think I listened to the latest Tim Ferriss podcast with Peter Atia, and he talks about like he's a doctor, he was an oncologist, now he's writing books on longevity and whatnot. And he talks about like uh, you know, um, uh, what's he talk about? He talks about uh, healthcare like 1.0, and I forget the phrasing. And then he talks about healthcare 2.0, so the evolution of of like his practice and what that looks like. And so you know, I guess to propose a question, what's the evolution of cutting for sign, or what are the lessons that have that maybe you or Daniel uh, have learned and if, if there's a consistent thread and how do you kind of keep touching on those uh, 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 stages, if you will, or insights that can be really applicable for your, for your audience. I think that would be kind of cool. Uh, just, just a thought. Um, I think it's really awesome to kind of have a conversation. And I think uh, it's also equally, if not more awesome to kind of have like some, some perspectives, insights, tips that can be, utilize to maybe you know, develop an awareness or maybe seek some assistance um whatever that is that sounds like a little maybe a little bit more of the ability to package things 
kind of like Tim Ferriss does. He does a pretty good job of that. To be <laughs> he honest, does a pretty like, good job. <laughs> well, too, too much of that, it becomes like a little sure. sterile and a little predictable and a little bit mm-hmm. inauthentic yep. too. It's like, hey, it's like what you were saying, Mike. You're like, who's this fucking Daniel guy? It's like, well, I'm the guy who's in the middle of the process, you know? I'm not ashamed mm-hmm. of it. And I'm, I need to share it because I think it's going to be valuable to people. And not only specifically, but what if someone else who has, who is further along in life sees, sees someone or the people like me who are showing their process, well, their process is even more valuable than mine and maybe they'll share their process. So I think the, the, um, the ability to share one's process and the behind the the behind the scenes you know it's like remember when dvds came out and then there was the director's cut where the director's commentary Mm -hmm. sorry yeah the director be like this is and we were just like our minds were blowing you know it's like i feel like that's really we can go more into that and I want to know Andrew Huberman. Do you all know who I mean by Andrew Huberman? I think I think anyone oh, yeah. says oh, yeah. podcast. Huge, mm-hmm. hugely interesting, valuable human in the world right now. I want to know what what how his shit stinks, though. You know, where, <laughs> Andrew, where do you struggle, and specifically, how do you get through those struggles? To be honest, that would make him so much more valuable and interesting to me. Well, you know, I, I, thanks for sharing that, Dan, because you and I were talking about this earlier. Yeah, Huberman has his uh, protocols. He talks about human development, biology, chemistry, how do we become more, uh, you know, productive in our lives uh, mentally and uh, physiologically. Um, I agree. You know, I don't think, you know, the process is, is of value. And I think, you know, when we discuss the process, uh, being human, uh, I think, uh, I know from my own experience that there are a lot of similarities that we do share when we are going through that process. And I think discerning those stages and steps and just kind of talking about it in a way that doesn't uh, put it in the box, you know, uh, but expands on it and plays around with it, I think is is a lot of fun. And uh, which you've been doing, you and Ron have been doing that already. And and I would imagine there's going to be a, a natural ele- uh, evolution to what the next stage would be if there's some um if, if that can be identified at some point and if it continues as such and it gets more whatever it is polished uh or uh, accessible then that's fucking awesome too well, some you know? changes we're making are we're we've done this with the last two episodes one of which we published today and the next one was sam lamont and then this one and then the next one is too the next our next episode is going to be on ai by the way ron our next episode is with an ai um, <laughs> So, so you don't have to be there, right? We got, we got, we got it covered. <laughs> Thank God. Thank God. <laughs> yeah, you're being replaced by AI, but I'm not. AI is trying to figure me out still, but they got you fucking. <laughs> so, um, but every episode, and I'm curious what y'all think. I was talking with Parker earlier, and she was like, "Fucking thumbs up, please do that." Almost insultingly, like you were really happy about that idea. <laughs> but uh, so every episode is going to be on a topic that will be relevant to the guest. And it's like a episode, it's like a, something we learned from Katrine Berndt. Uh, we've had two episodes with her. She's this awesome German, uh, Scandinavian-based German uh, relationship coach. And she just, she wanted to talk about obsession with us. 
brought us on our podcast and the whole conversation was around obsession and we anchored to that the whole time. And when we were done, Ron and I were like, damn, we got so much deeper into a, this subject and into each other via this vehicle that we stuck to and that kind of was a grav and a center that could gravity gravity could work on. And so we're going to do that from now on. Does that sound like something that would help? Cool. Would you guys come back if, if we it, did that? Would you keep listening? <laughs> uh, yes. I think, um, I think it's great that you have a pointed um, subject that you're focusing yeah. on. I think that's really attractive to people who, people who don't listen to your podcast normally. I think it's very clickable. You know, if they see like, oh, this is the topic that I want to think about right now. It's very clickable to be like, oh, they're talking about obsession. Oh, they're talking about codependency. You know, that's very clickable. Mm. You know? Yeah. What do you think about that, Mike? I know you've listened to a lot of episodes. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's interesting, especially for the length of the podcast as well, to keep things, you know, going down a certain channel, you know, or down a, down, down a certain path there. But I, I think your guys style, like, I don't think there's any risk of getting like too narrowly focused on something. I think the way that you guys you know, um, conduct the interviews and try like you could say, Hey, this is about addiction, but we, you, you know, you're going to talk about other things as well. And there's going to be that element, the natural part that you bring sure. into it. But it, again, if you could bring it back around to, to that, to the core topic that you're talking on, I, I think that would be, I think that it's funny. I'm thinking about it because it's like if you want to lead with like, hey, this is an addiction, excuse me, an episode about addiction, or hey, we're talking to so and so, and this is what we talk about. Because I think the names are important. With the guests that you have there, I wouldn't like, yeah, make it so like if you look at your like, you know, it, it, it's about it's about the people first, then it is about the topic. Is basically that's how I see it, and um, and I think that's what makes you know your guys your guys podcast so interesting as well. Episode 101, well, Mike Lepis that, on that's Bar That's really fights. cool, Mike, because... <laughs> <laughs> 101, I love it. Well, I was just thinking of the name, thinking of the name Cutting for Fun, right? So I know it's like, a, I don't want to say an archaic phrasing, but it's a, it's a hunting reference or phrase. And so, you know, you're looking for something to uh, essentially find, you know, whatever is on that end goal of that sign, right? So if we're talking about, like, you know, signs, stories, perspectives that often uh, resonate with us, hopefully we, we, we internalize those signs and we make it productive towards a direction that resonates with us. So just like what Mike said and Parker, uh, you know, was saying, you know, if, we, if there's like some sort of categorization or identifier, we conceptualize something, there it is. And then I'm attracted to that um, uh, episode, if you will. And then from there, I may, I use that content towards a productive behavior situation lifestyle that can help me evolve my process. Um, categorizing things is really important to us as people. And I think when you have that, it allows us to um, easier uh, um, to uh, walk the path a more yeah, informed. It's easier to consume and, and, and put into our brain. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Hey, Mike, before we leave, are you still, do you still have to get yeah, going? Yeah, like, you can bounce, man. Yeah. I got to take off here. Thank you so much for coming in, yeah, man. It thanks, was just Mike. really nice to meet you. Yeah, it was really unique. Yeah, it was really nice to meet you as well, everybody here. So thanks. Thanks so much. Um, yeah. And it's if okay you, if, you, if you click off this, you're like, oh, God, thank fuck, that's over. So glad. <laughs>
I actually rather you say that right before you, <laughs> as this you're trying to like look for the button that you're like taking off. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna think I signed off. I'm gonna go complain to somebody like right off screen over, over here. Like you thought you left the meeting, but you hadn't left the meeting, and then you say some shit. That'd be some good TV right there. Oh, <laughs> you know that shit's happened in the Zoom it's world. Still right? on. Oh, oh yeah, oh yeah. Uh-huh. Oh well, thanks everybody. Right. I'm looking forward to seeing what's next. Good yeah, take you. care, Mike. Mike. All right, good to hang out, man. See you. Bye bye. So I think I've said this on the podcast before, but one time I was on a big Zoom meeting and, and it was like a hundred people, and one of those people got naked. It's the lady who was naked. She got naked and and just decided Whoa. to sunbathe while she was. I and like I and and I was looking at the rest of the participants and no one else was noticing and I was it was kind of like. You know, when you were in class, and you saw something going on as a kid, and you're like, is anyone else seeing this? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I, yeah. I wanted to I wanted to call back to um, something that uh, me and Daniel d- were discussing, um, that you guys recognize that you are repeating topics, you're coming back to them, mm-hmm. and you're worried about that. Um, but I think it's really important to recognize that th- these are things that you guys are still working through. Mm, you know, well said. and I think that um, it's important to recognize that, you know, that that we're all just working through things and we need we need constant information and we need we need to learn from more people um, to get through these things that we are going through. And I think that's Thank really, you. really personable um, to recognize that. Yes, we're at we're at episode 100, but the shit that we were working through at episode one, we're still going yeah, through it. Well said. And I think I think that that is so it's so likable. It's so personal. Yeah. <clears throat> Thanks for sharing that. Well, That's yeah. good. Super yeah. good. Let me ask you, you and and David, and then maybe Parker at the at the end is like, <clears throat> David, you know. I don't know if you know this, Ron, but the first episode we ever recorded, I recorded on the Fort Liberty porch in Northwest Hills. Do you remember that, David? I do. Yeah, that's Dude. right. Fucking uh, Garrett. Oh, Garrett yeah. Andrew Garrett. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Garrett. Yeah. I remember specifically, man, I was on my one of my visits to Portland because I was still living there part time. Yeah. Fort Lib, which is Fort Liberty is a house that I started and then invited David and another and two of our other friends in on. And in my mind, it was a place where dudes grew up, you know, like we went to grow up regardless of what age we were coming in on. And um, and uh, it's a huge value of mine is continued growth through the 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, and it's kind of never too late. And um, I was like, hey, Dave, do you mind if I jump on the porch here? He's like, why, you know, like, cause I'm going to record the first episode of cutting for sign. And, and, um, I remember very specifically the timestamp of that, you know, uh, it was like December, 2020, it's about six months after COVID started, started about around there. And, you know, this last three years for everybody has been, you know, COVID slash post COVID. And I know we all kind of have a very clear timestamp of that. So topics you know, if we all want to reflect a little bit where we were three years ago and what we are still working on, and maybe also a little bit of 
like maybe some surprising ground we've made, you know? Yeah. That's a good question. I think there's been a lot of progress in my life. In 2019, I was a shy, insecure girl who needed so much attention oh. and so much love. And I joined roller derby and it gave me so much strength um, and community. Um, and I found an amazing friend group just after like it was 2021, I guess. Oh, this is when I met you. Yeah, when I met you. Um, I God, you did seem different. Yeah, I I mean, I was on. I was very heavily in addiction when you met me. Really? Yes. Can, can I ask one oh, on or with what? Um, Xanax. Hmm. I was What's very, that addiction look like? Um, I needed my brain to be empty, pretty hmm. much. Um, I had too much going on in my head and I just didn't want to think about it. Um, and so I numbed it with drugs. And I have moved so far past that. <laughs> Congrats. That's amazing. Well, and knowing her yeah. too, it's, it's like the person I met that I remember, I, you're a striking human, you know, like you're compact, you got fucking shock of red <laughs> hair, you know, yeah, you're just a striking human. And I, I do remember the person that I saw. First of all, that seems like a hell of a lot longer ago than 2020. Yeah. Does it to you? Yes. And also, you seem you don't seem like that same person. I almost feel like that's a different person. It's Not just, and it's also totally this person. Yeah. I get that too. Yeah. I'm still connected to who I was, but I have I've changed so much. I've given <clears> myself <throat> so much more than I ever had and growth has been exponential. That's cool. That's cool. I'm going to challenge so Daniel and I to answer that question for each other. Real quick, yeah. just give, curious, I got a follow up with you. Specifically, what are ways that you are different? Why do you not need Xanax all day to, you know what I mean? That's a good question. I have decided to give my younger self the attention that she needs. Damn, that's good. But what does that look like? That's not specific. Like what there's got to be a, a lot of ways you've been doing that. She mm. needs she needs a loving discipline. <laughs> <laughs> if that makes any sense. Brush your teeth. Yeah, brush your teeth. Um wash your face uh get enough sleep get enough sleep little girl yeah. you have to be up in the you have to be up in the morning you have to be responsible for yourself you need to give yourself love and attention because i was so i was so codependent in my last relationship i was craving so much attention and so much love from from that relationship and I wasn't getting it. And so I decided this is what gives me what I need. This is the emptiness that I need right now. Um, 
during that relationship. And afterwards, I, I had this epiphany that I could give myself all of that. I could give myself the love. I could give myself the praise because I'm doing well. I'm like, good job, little girl. Good job. You're doing great. You're six months. You can do that. You can do six months of being on time and taking care of yourself. And then it turns into a year, you know? Yeah. That sounds like it was really easy. What was hard about it? Was it? So hard. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what it was so hard. Did you, did you go through a program or anything to get clean off Xanax? Yeah. No. All on my own. Yeah. Well done. Can you give us the bullets of how that looked? Uh, well, one, it wasn't available to me. That helps. <laughs> I wouldn't have any access yeah, to Xanax. If you don't have any access, no. you can't do it. Um, but how do you confront what happens after you don't have access? Um, just giving myself time. Uh, I was very reclusive for a moment there, uh, probably for like six or eight months. I was all by myself. Mm. I was, I was understanding really, cause I have ADHD as well, you know? So it's really hard to focus down on things. And once I realized if I didn't think about it, I could just do it. Yeah. Like doing my dishes, yeah. like immediately after I, after I eat, I just do my dishes. But if I think about it, I'm like, oh, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. Whoa. Yeah. You know? I think that's yeah. what I was trying and, to say earlier in the conversation of, of spending less time thinking about things and more time doing the things. I think it's exactly what I was trying to say. Yeah. yeah. If you just think about it, you just do yeah. it. But if you think about it, you dread it. Yeah. The dread comes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so just really recognizing I don't have to think about this. I don't have to think about anything. Just do what comes naturally. And it's right after you eat, do your dishes, you know? I mean, I do know, but that is, I think the, I want to say flippancy, but that, that's demeaning of what you're saying. The ease of which you're saying that, it sounds like you're just, to be honest, like, Parker, like, it sounds like you have a really strong heart. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah. I. <laughs> because that's, sorry. Go ahead. Because what you're saying is like, what about the person who, it's 20% it's harder to do what you did. What do you say to them? Like, it's 20% it's harder. Mm. it's i think it's different for everybody you know yeah mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i i mean oh parker you're you're muted right now yeah yeah you said um, it's it's uh it's different for everybody yeah i mean like if my if my roommate leaves dishes in the sink i'll leave dishes in the yeah. sink it's it's just breaking that routine habit of like oh i see that there's dishes on the sink i can just leave mine in there um 
it's it's breaking that for me yeah it's been difficult i'm not i'm not saying yeah, that yeah. like oh just don't think about it and do it you know it's it's been a long hard process for me like my whole life yeah <laughs> yeah i mean that's that's the main thing i think that i mean top three takeaway from the experience we have had through the last three years on cutting uh that we expressed through cutting for sign for me and ron is that this is such a long it can be such a long process and it can be so yeah. much and I, I feel like david i've seen you do this it's one of the things i appreciate about you is that it's so two steps forward one step back mm three steps forward one step or back one step forward like sometimes you're just overall going backwards for a while but if then you pan out yeah. the months and the years the steps forward do outnumber the steps back and what if there's one thing that i'm that is one of the biggest and the easiest ways to get tripped up on the road to healing and authenticity and whatever you want to call it <clears throat> it's that you have a fail and you think that that means the whole thing's failing mm. and it's not true you know I, mm -hmm. yeah i'll have sorry yeah, go it's it's that anticipation of failure yeah you know you well can said. anticipate the failure and the fallout of the failure mm -hmm. you do the fail and then you're like well i fucked up fuck it let's burn it all down you're it's like oh that shoe is dropping you know that other shoe that yeah, you were that exactly. you were dreading dropping it's dropping mm -hmm. and you're gonna make that happen for yourself i'd say that's the way if if we're reflecting on what has changed what's been different since 2019 is i i thought i was on a trajectory in 2019 of just continual like progress in my life and i i didn't anticipate mm -hmm. that um that i was actually gonna about to go into like some more dark fucking hard times in my life and i was like if you know when daniel and i had a couple like powwows about about what we're going through and 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 what we were hoping to get out of this at the beginning and i had some i had some real high hopes for my personal life and my professional life in particular that just just got dis decimated you know th there was a a uh a gif I saw the other day of a woman um, on a basketball court in a wheelchair and like someone like handed her the ball to to uh, shoot and as she shot it some other real basketball player appears from from right under the the thing and just smashes it out of the sky <laughs> like gave her no chance that's what 2020 felt like man yeah that's exactly what 2020 felt yeah. like really yeah, I mean, at the beginning of 2020, every every single person that I knew was like, this is the year. This is my year. Whoa. I'm going to succeed. <laughs> and then it absolutely crumbled in front of us. And I feel like we're finally kind of getting back to a point where things are falling into place, at least for my life and for the people that I've seen around me. Um, they're falling into a a place that is good for them. Like it feels like what 2020 was supposed to be like times four, at least. Mm. You all, do you all mind holding this down for a minute or two? Oh, I don't mind. Speed break. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Can you yeah. hear me? 
Cool. Um, you know, I part of me wanted to intellectualize what you were expressing earlier, and I just want to say I appreciate your vulnerability. Thank you. Uh, if I can, yeah, no, for sure. Like, you know, it's easy to think about a lot of what you said in terms of how you've been able to make progress in your life. Um, but I think um, to reflect what this episode's about or what this entire podcast is about, it's about expressing that vulnerability and acknowledging that it takes a lot of fucking work and it's never easy. Yeah. And quite frankly, it's, it's going to be ever present. Yeah. It might feel easier at times and that might mean weeks, you know, months, years. But with that being said, the process is always in, in um, ever present and it's, it, it takes consistent intentional effort thought. So I appreciate you saying that. I guess I kind of intellectualized it a little bit, but like I appreciate your vulnerability and, and that's what this is about for me is connecting with others who can, who find resonance in that. So thank yeah, you. I thank you. I appreciate that a lot. <laughs> Yeah, you're on a you're yeah, on a Parker. I'm I'm a little jealous of your path, getting having so much self awareness at your at a, a younger age than I am. I don't I won't assume about your age, but mm. I but there's I think the gift of our of the world, and to use Daniel's overused word zeitgeist of our time, is is the is because of our self-awareness of our mental health in particular and our spiritual emotional health and how they intertwine um every generation that comes in like you were saying that phrase about those those who we feel intimate with but we don't know at all as content creators there's so much great awareness that that we get to now stand on the shoulders of those ahead of us and i you know i get to talk to my mom in particular and she's like, man, you're doing great. And, uh, and I'm like, God, I want to do better. And then I hear someone uh, younger and I'm like, God, so I'm so excited for them. I'm excited for what <laughs> you get to go through. Yeah, Ron, absolutely. Ron, literally the night that Parker pulled, like, I don't know, I'm going to say he pulled me aside or I pulled you aside. I don't know how we ended up talking about cutting your son. It was awesome. It was this great party. It was a really fun party. The way that you were talking about things was like, dude, you know, like this is really well said you know mm -hmm. the way that this what this means to, to to her and and what she what she wants to do about it and the reasons in the past of why she wants to do something about it those three things the past kind of present and future what you know this show because that's what it's not like cutting for sign is going to make or break how she's doing in life this podcast disappears she's going to find ways, you know, we're all going to find ways to keep on her path, you know, and that just happened to be what the conversation was anchored around. And it's like, this person is going to be good. They're going to be, <laughs> You're going to be good. You're going to be a good Parker. <laughs> and going to make other people around them. Yeah. You know, to some extent able to be all right too. And I, I the reason I mentioned it, Ron, is because of what you just said about the, generations each generation having a kind of yeah, a better shot yeah. a better shot because they're gonna have new challenges too you're gonna face ai but, <laughs> yeah. i'm i'm not on social media anymore good really. for you i think that's what's gonna ha i think that's probably um if we could predict the future in some ways like that i think we're gonna see people walking away from that i delete instagram off my phone every day 
Yeah, I know. I, and, really? I open yeah. it and then I close it immediately. <laughs> I, I mean, because I get on there to do some work, like to do things I need to do, and then I just delete it off my phone so I don't, I'm not tempted to get back on it and, and to then just delete the whole delete app. The whole yeah. app. The yeah. whole enchilada. It's okay. awesome. All right. Just to like not jump on this bandwagon. Yeah. I'm curious what you have to say about this, David. That sounds like something that an addict needs to do. But mm. there are other ways that people who aren't addicted and expressing addiction, or maybe they're addicted to other shit, but they're not expressing addiction through that. You can have a relationship with social media. Social media is changing the world overall in such a positive way. It's unbelievable how connected we are and how much we're sharing positive stuff. If you had suddenly had like a diagram, I, and I don't know, but I bet if we had a diagram that showed a graph that showed how much positivity is being shared as opposed to how much negativity shared, I bet through social media, I suspect, I'm curious what you all think, I could be wrong, I suspect people would think there's a lot of negativity. I I, I don't think I'm going to totally stop you. I'm going to stop you. This is we're we're talking about two different things. I'm going to stop you because this is not about positivity or negativity. It's about wasted time. Oh, yeah. So like the it's we're just talking we're talking about two different things. There's a fuck ton of positive things on there that I want to consume, and I try to consume just that. But I also am like I'm on an endless scroll of positive things that like. My dishes need to get done and my dog needs to get walked and like, I need to go to bed. So it's not that that's not the argument. No, no, I hear you. Okay. I wouldn't Mm -hmm. discussion. Fair enough. But what I'm saying is that not all people need to delete the fucking app to put a, I didn't say that. I never said that. Well, it sometimes, you know, I guess this is what I'm saying is sometimes people poo poo social media in such a way where I'm like, well, look, dude, you're talking to a guy that can't drink. I can't drink, man. Listen, mm. asshole. Mm. I've not had a drink <laughs> in nine years. It's not, if this isn't an experiment, there are certain things in my life that I'm like, mm. I can't do that. And I have to be an adult about certain things. So I can't yeah. buy ice cream and leave it in my house without expecting me to drink it or eat it in three days. I will do that. Yeah. And I know myself well enough to go, that's just, I'm so I'm going to buy a smaller amount of ice cream because I love it. And enjoy it and i love social media i love the i love sending you the post i love getting the post from you i love sending it to my family but i also have, know the limits of my of my self-restraint and they're small they're small yeah. if i'm in a fast car i'm going to drive like an asshole if i have a powerful gun i'm going to shoot it mm. irresponsibly that's how i roll mm. i resonate mm. with that so hard really? <laughs> yeah i I'm kind of an all or nothing, all or nothing kind of person, you know, I, I mean, anyone who has an addictive personality kind of is. It's a, it's, you know, I think Parker, part of it is, is, is if you listen to Gabor Mate's book, um, on the ADHD mind is like, because we have a depletion, we have a lack of dopamine in our life. When we find something that gives us a good amount of it, we're like, fuck yeah, let's keep doing this. Let's like, yeah. It's the reward center of your yeah. brain. You need that. And if you don't get it, you're like, where can I find yeah. it? <laughs> Scattered <laughs> Minds by Gabor Mate is really good. It'll help you. If you've not read that, I highly recommend it. I'll have to look into that. Well, what's interesting, and like after 100 episodes too, to kind of start to like round this all out and close this up is, you know, 
Ron as identifying as and experiencing a life as an addict. But keep your finger off the off your computer. Oh fuck! <laughs> Sorry, thank you. Start um, that over because I couldn't hear what you said. Yeah, you you experiencing life as an addict, experiencing addiction, is one of the one of several major fronts where you and I don't relate. Yeah. Like the way that we all are addicted to social media is not the same way that you are addicted to alcohol, you know, and even if that extends to social media for you, like when I say yeah, I'm addicted to social media, that's not analogous and to the same extent that you're addicted to alcohol. I've experienced addictions to things in life and I know that my my and and or the like general addiction to social media is not that bad it seems bad and it's intense but like the real addiction will drive people to jump off fucking cliffs you know it's if if so addiction I, is anything that disrupts your your quality of life to an extent that it it takes the quality away i get yeah. that but there's still extremes that are of course there is i'm a four you're, you're an eight you yeah. know and so let's not it's not, I'm not going to pretend to be an eight. My point is, is like in this time of doing this show with you, there's, I would say we've become more different as time has gone on, which has been a really interesting experience because we've also become more close, you know? Mm. And one thing that you just said that I wanted to ask David about is, David would probably describe me as an all or nothing person. Yeah. Well, yes, it's interesting because in this conversation, I thought it was, I thought it was rather interesting to see where, and this is just observation. I could be wrong either way, or, you know, Parker and Ron identified maybe like all or nothing due to various factors in life. Let's just say it that way. And I was like, Oh yeah, Daniel. Yeah. him too. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then also to kind of hear, obviously we've known each other a long time and then also to have a friendship now things have changed for you and that's there's progress made in maybe a direction that isn't so much really? that do you see me not being much would, all or nothing uh in some ways yes. that's a huge compliment please just, just like say yes yeah yeah yeah, yeah <laughs> no for sure like uh, and, and it's really cool because sometimes you just kind of watching how you phrase a question or when you elicit certain bits of information, I'm like, oh, that's kind of like the very particular all of something that Daniel <laughs> is or yeah. not. Right. And so the gray, I think, is being I think to I think to kind of wrap this all together, it kind of goes back to the cat is in and outside the box at the same time, because I, I think there's a <laughs> thousand ways true. to skin a cat and there's a thousand ways to be addicted or not addicted mm -hmm. or, or mm -hmm. prone or stuck or out of it. Sure. And, and there's not a silver bullet. There's not a one size fits all. It's, there's yeah, degrees there's of all of it. Wrong. Yeah. There's some ways wrong where I'm mm -hmm. probably more addictive than you, Yeah, you know, my life in my own ways that David has seen because we've been through a different set of experiences than you and I have. Yeah. I just find it interesting and I really appreciate you like qualifying the social media thing because it's like, oh yeah, I see what you mean. You know, like that's you basically drawing good boundaries with yourself. Yeah. Yeah. If I can say real quick, Brooke and I were kind of talking and and, and I think for me this hundredth episode has kind of been reflecting how Parker was like really vulnerable mm -hmm. and brave and shared your experience and and just kind of viscerally talking to how difficult it was and how and, and, and the development of it and how you're intentionally taking steps to, you know, take a vacation, 
go somewhere where it's just you and, and identify those things that you really need to do for yourself. I think for me, it's the summation, right, uh, for this episode. Um, and I think that's transferable to all of us, just like what you said, Ron. The, the cat is in or out of the box, and we apply it yeah. in various ways to ourselves. Yeah. I, you think know? It, I think it truly is, like, what I'm going through is the true meaning of, for me, cutting for I, I have a mission. I have, I have my sights set on what I need to do, what I want from life and how I'm going to get there, what I'm consuming to get there and coming to a conclusion of this is what my life is going to be. And, and that you know? this is what it's going to be is also going to change a lot. Yeah. 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 Thank you, Parker, for joining us. I really appreciate it. Daniel's had a lot of awesome things to Absolutely. say about you, and I've been looking forward to meeting you and getting to share some time together. Yeah, can I ask, before, I, before we yeah. go, this, and I think this might be yeah. what you're going to say is, she had a way stronger connection to you in the show than to me, which was one of the delightful <laughs> She's just using About that you. night that we talked about, I was like, yeah. what? I, I mean, I'd, love to, I'd yeah. love to talk to you guys after the field dressing and just like hang out for a minute nice. after the after the show. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was just curious what if you, in your closing comments, would maybe just do a minute each, you know, closing comments. Like, what was it? What is it about Ron that you connect so much to? Because it's been really... I think that I relate to the tumultuous task that you've been given in life to get over this, this hump, you know, to get over this addiction and just not being given the tools you needed mm -hmm. for life. Mm -hmm. I really relate to the the hardships that you've been through um just hearing stories here and there of addiction and not having the love that you needed from from your family and from your community like really caring for little ronnie yeah. you know that's i really related to that in the sam uh lamont, lamont episode um where you talked about when you were running, you gave yourself that love. You said, I love you, little Ronnie, mm. for for not being on time. I love you, little Ronnie, for this. Mm. You know, that's what I really related to. I think that's when I first kind of realized that I had a connection in that way. Um, because I I never got that love either. Yeah. I didn't mm. I didn't get that that support of you know what? It's okay. I love you for not going to not going to school every day, not going to work every day. Mm. You know, I I really appreciated that episode a lot. Mm. I think that mm. one really. Man, thank you. I think that's <clears throat> that's how I know we had a good episode, Daniel, because I get, got a little tear in my eye, a little dust over here. I can like start to say about episode sixty. It's not an episode of Cutting for Sun until Ron tears yeah. up, man. Yeah, Parker, yeah. I, I, I've got to go to hang out with my kids right now, but I um, will stay connected. and appreciate you bringing your story awesome. and telling your story here. Yeah, appreciate you too. Thank you. Thank you for the show. I yeah, absolutely. It's, it's given me 
so much. Thank you for saying that. I appreciate that. Daniel, thanks for doing this, man. hundred episodes in. Let's go to like 110. See what happens. After. <laughs> 12. 12. 12. 12. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. And David, uh, you all right? How would that, how was that for you? Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, like I said earlier, I think vulnerability, connection, growth, and the willingness to uh, connect is is uh, incredibly important to uh, help us move forward in life. And community is is also a, a big part of that. So I see this as a community. Ron, Daniel, Parker. It's so nice to have a conversation with you. And so I am definitely inspired uh, to move forward in ways. That I, you know, that I'm always inspired by just wonderful, amazing people willing to willing to share their vulnerable moments and their moments of growth. So um, thanks, David, for saying that. I think I think this is the first time I've thought about this as a community, and actually, that I think is inspiring more than that inspires me more than anything. I think for the next hundred episodes is is how mm. can we build a community and create a place that we maybe can meet, you know, with some regularity and and um, absolutely. Kind of essentially continue the conversation beyond just having a guest on, but having something bigger going on. What do you think of that, Daniel? Relationships. Parasocial relationships. Parasocial relationships. <laughs> Daniel loves Actually, to saying. end it. <laughs> to end it, uh, <clears throat> I saw at the beginning of the conversation, I looked up the uh, etymology of the prefix para. Hmm. With means From with, the right? Italian, means with does it i think i clicked into something that that is the the latin origin meaning defense protection against huh the italian to ward off to make ready this isn't right hold on i'm gonna i'm gonna she knows google better than you <laughs> she was born <laughs> this. Fact -checking. Uh, this is the second time she's fact-checked i love it Whoa. Parasocial relationship is a one-sided relationship formed when one party extends energy, interest, and time, and the other person doesn't know they exist. Oh. <laughs> so every single relationship that you have formed with any YouTuber, any podcaster, yeah. parasocial relationship. Oh, I've got some. You know I've got a bunch of them. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. I feel like with that... Parker might have just like supplanted me as the next host, the host of. What would be a third host called? You call a tri host? Yeah, I mean, I, I'll, I'll try host you guys. I'll meet she you could be a fact checker and. and uh, that would be really, really good. Relevancy, relevancy, uh, VP of relevancy. All right, let's do it, guys. Good to see everybody. Take care. Appreciate it. Really do appreciate this. Likewise. Daniel, thank yeah. you from the bottom of my heart for doing this with me. And thanks for you guys for listening and your support and kindness. And your feedback. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah.